from Morgan's Farm to Table Studios, located on County Road 42 in Nicollet and Burnsville, featuring six local farmers, Taste the Difference, award-winning. It is The Howl, Season 3 on Dash Radio, the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Welcome, everybody, to it. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite league, the NBA. And we are very excited to have everybody along for the ride. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the Yvonne Drago of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my left is Aaron Tommy Gunn Groshong, the producer of the show. And seated to my right is none other than Rob Clubberlang Hess, and he is the jack of all trades for our show. First quarter, we take a look back at the games that were and preview the week ahead. This quarter also features everyone's favorite game, Shot Clock. Second quarter, as usual, is our Talkers segment. With the season starting, the league and the Wolves specifically have many storylines to watch for. We'll also feature a new segment called Breaking Down the Game, where we examine and explain a rule or play type so you can better understand it going forward. We end this quarter with our weekly look at the Iowa Wolves. Halftime this week, we are joined by our featured artist, Y Kalik, as he is releasing his new album and will debut and discuss some of his new songs off of that album. Third quarter is 2K All Day. This quarter is sponsored by 2K Sports, and tonight we get you ready for the season with a 2K NCAA-style tournament, as well as the start to our 2K dynasties. Listen close as each week we will be giving away a copy of NBA 2K18 for PS4 or Xbox on the Nothing But Net channel. Fourth quarter leads off with Howell Hardwood History, followed by Can Kevin Cousy. Always remember, it's better to call game than to call glass. It's time for the Howl. Quarter one of the Howl. Uh, this is where we will break down the Wolves week that was and take a look to the week ahead. And guys, the first game of the season, there's so much hype around this team. It's It's got to be tough if you're the Wolves and you look at the potential and then you look at your schedule and you see the first game of the year is against San Antonio. Um, but then you see, well, hey, no Kawhi, no Tony Parker. Maybe, maybe the Wolves have a chance here. But then they just they tear you apart. And Lamarcus Aldrich has, I mean, you know, a, a prime Lamarcus Aldrich game. This was this was a very very difficult game for this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and they still hung in it. We struggled though. It it's one of those things where. You watch the Wolves, and it's clear that they brought a lot of new players in, and they're still trying to build chemistry. Because you had stretches where they looked really good, and you had other stretches where you're like, yeah, this is clearly a new team that hasn't gelled yet. Because they they seem to really struggle on offense and at defense at times, although I think, based on what we've seen so far, I think the defense has probably been a little better than we expected. But but overall, not too I – think, I think we kind of had higher expectations in this game than we should have. And I think ultimately what happened is probably what we should have expected. It was a winnable game for them. It boiled down to the Spurs executed better uh, on both ends of the court. And a game of this nature, you know, it was an eight-point loss, 107-99. It was, you know, a matter of a few plays. But it was the Spurs executing those few extra plays. Um, they had some good runs. And 
the Wolves were really kind of playing catch up um, towards the end. But the Spurs are fundamental, and that's the difference between this team. That's you know we have some uh, you know newcomers, obviously, but you you see that progress into the Jazz game. So the, another thing that we saw in this game was, and and you know you think that it could potentially be just because of who you're playing, but the Wolves rolled out a completely different uh, rotation as as you would from what we had last year where the Wolves really only ran seven, maybe eight guys uh, over the course of the season. This game against the Spurs, uh, 10-man rotation. Everybody saw more than 10 minutes on the court. What's nice to see is the players that needed to develop have continued. You know, Tyus Jones, for instance, off to a great start to the season. And Tyus Gibson, I think, is off to a fantastic start as well. Um, one thing I noticed key difference from the San Antonio game to the jazz was Gibson's activity on the boards. He had um, a successful game of tipping it and then he catches it on the second chance. Um, His technique is, is really spot on. Yeah. He, he looked, he looked cold against the Spurs and we, we saw flashes of, you know, great shooting and, and everything from him in the preseason. And the Spurs game just was, I mean, night and day difference between the two. Well, we were all at the game. I mean, you guys got to see firsthand um, the energy and the atmosphere inside the arena. Um, it's something I haven't experienced in a long time. You can tell the fans are supportive and the team's really embracing the crowd. And that's when you have that total buy-in. So I I am so looking forward to this season. And that Jazz win, the the Crawford shot solidifies you know his role on team right there. He's that sniper. He's that guy you can rely on in that final two minutes um, when the team needs to execute. It was a fantastic game. Yeah, seventeen points in nineteen minutes for Jamal Crawford. Uh, Belly coming off the bench, uh, 10 points, five rebounds, two of two from three, a great night for him. And then, I mean, really the two guys that we have come to know and love and expect great things out of uh, Towns and Wiggins, both with 20 point nights, Cat with the double double. Uh, Jimmy had a, had a quiet night against the Jazz. And I mean, 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists, which. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily call quiet, but when we've seen the numbers that Jimmy has put up, this is a quiet night for him. He's kind of <clears throat> he's kind of putting himself kind of behind, whether it's Wiggins, whether it's Towns. You kind of get the feeling that he's willing to let them kind of take the reins a little bit in terms of offense. Jimmy Butler's always is going to be that that defensive kind of force, but he just ha- isn't doing as much, and he hasn't had to at this stage. So I kind of appreciate that he's saying, all right, this is kind of Towns and Wiggins' team, and they're the young guys. I'm going to let them kind of run the show. And so far, it's worked pretty well. I think Butler has kind of picked his points, but he's not he's not forcing anything. I absolutely love, and I know you guys saw this too, um, when he got into it with Rubio, and immediately after the double tech was given to both him and Rubio, I mean, he just sort of, you know, I mean, he just stood there at the court, had this huge smile on his face, and was just pumping the crowd up, and everybody went nuts in that arena. Well, even when yeah, when he so when he came out, even right at the beginning to thank everyone yep. for coming out, 
That was one of the biggest standing ovations I've ever heard. And even and eventually he just had to be like, all right, all right, guys, we got to start the game. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was a very cool moment. And obviously the fans are really accepting of him, which is something we really need. It was an authentic enthusiasm. You yes. know, the energy was, like I've said, as electric as I can remember. I mean, back in the KG eras, I remember there was a fantastic game against him and the Suns overtime. I mean, he was hitting shots, you know, that's the last time I was had an in arena experience like this. It was uh, a fantastic venue to be at. And that all leads into the exciting game against the Thunder. No, the, the Thunder game for me was one of those games that, and, and I know that other people thought differently, but I mean, you, you take Westbrook by himself and he's going to, he's going to keep a team in the game. You throw in a guy like Paul George. Now you're now you're really hoping for a good night to try to beat these guys, and then you take Carmelo Anthony and you say, you put him on that team and you say, "Here you go. You three are going to run the season together." That is a team that is going to be a force to be reckoned with, and the Thunder and Sam Presti, who is 100% brilliant, is doing everything he can to keep Russ and OKC and and bringing in huge name guys like Paul George and Carmelo and hoping to re-sign them as well. This was a game that was going to be a battle across the board, and oh my God, was it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. I don't think you could ask much more for the game. It was up and down. Now, when you're watching this game, it felt very similar to years past where the Wolves held the lead and they kept it throughout the game, and you get into that fourth quarter and you start watching the opposing team that you know they have these superstars and they kind of uh, you know, put their will on you, and all of a sudden, instead of uh, having some momentum, all of a sudden the opposing team is, is starting to look a little better than we are. Almost choke. Choke is kind of the word you've heard in the past. It's a change and, of momentum, Rob. Yeah, and, and the difference, uh, obviously, in this game was we were able to take those punches and, and continue to score. And, and I think that's what happens when you have superstars on your team, when you have Jimmy Butler, um, when you have Carl Towns. Andrew Wiggins is is really starting to kind of come into his own this season so far early on. You know, Jeff Teague had by far his best game as a Timberwolf in that game. So you got a lot of people that were able to contribute, and I think that helps out a lot. Yeah, it was a great night for the guys. I mean, Teague with 19, uh, Towns 27, Wiggins 27. The bench was relatively quiet and didn't play a lot of minutes in this mm-hmm. game, but you knew going into it mm-hmm. that that was going to have to be the case because uh, well, Tibbs wanted the win. He wasn't willing to let it slip away. Well, and, and Russ, Paul George and Carmelo all played 37 minutes and Steven Adams played 35. I mean, Butler, Teague and Wiggins all played 39 towns played 36. Mm-hmm. So you definitely got their best shot at this stage yep. in the season. I mean, all those key role players and key starters for both teams really stepped up. I mean, it was, the reason it was such an entertaining game was the good players played well and the better players even played better. And the execution of the thunder down the end, when the wolves started to crumble the final two minutes, you know, that pressure, it's amazing that the reversal of fortune that happens in that game by our clutch performer, a $148 million man, Andrew Wiggins this guy is looking fantastic. I love his activity on the on the rebounding. And, I mean, he's he's in there, getting in there more so than I've ever seen. Let me let me ask you guys this. What has been my one knock against Andrew Wiggins? And I've, oh, I've said this multiple times. 
that he's not doing it more more things. His aggressiveness. He's not. He, he doesn't have that that killer instinct. And I am starting to see it this season from him. Not just in the fourth quarter when he can nail a game winning shot from three steps behind the three point line, but we're we're seeing him be a lot more aggressive in the first quarter. Um, I think there was one point against the Jazz that it was like sixteen twelve or something like that, and he had twelve points. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're seeing the evolution of a guy, and and like you said, Aaron, he's rebounding more. He's almost averaging six rebounds a game now through the first three games of the season. That's night and day different than what we saw out of him last year. And some assists, too. I mean, yep. really stuff in the stat sheet. The, 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 the biggest thing, the biggest knock that a lot of people still have on him is defense. But, I mean, you can even see he's making some strides in that category as well. He's not locked down. He's not elite, anything like that. But he's getting there, and that's... Honestly, we need to see the growth and the evolution, and I think we're finally seeing that out of Andrew Wiggins. We most definitely are. Kevin, I, I let's face it, he's he's in his fourth year or fifth year, excuse me, and he this is his time, right? I mean he's got a, a, a full size body on him now, man. He's he's in peak physical condition. I've never seen him look as as physically gifted. Um the sky's the limit, really. And I see why we, we signed him to his contract. I, I, I fully expect Andrew Wiggins to make the Timberwolves fans um, excitable. And this is a guy we just got to root for. I mean, he's got to get the free throws locked in. And after that, I mean, much improvement ahead for him. Is this his fifth season already in the NBA? I don't know. I might have. I think it's, I think it's his fourth. Yeah. I think it's his fourth. But even, I mean, even still, time is flying. And we're at that was the, the point I was trying to make. We're at the peak point of these guys. We got to start winning, and the guys are. Um, He's got a fantastic cast around him, and, and yeah. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, it does. It really does. And it's and the scary thing too is that these guys have really only played less than ten games together. They're going to realize how easy basketball can become when they play as a team because they're all skilled enough to make all the proper passes and make the make the moves at their positions. You know, when they play as a team, it's going to be fantastic. Before we move on to uh, previewing the next few games, one thing I want to touch on is the game we were all at. If you start with that game, and then this the most recent, game. the most recent Thunder game. So they've released the uh, the last two minute reports for both those games because they were so close. Yep. And I think it's crazy. I don't know about you guys, but I left that game on Friday thinking, what a terribly officiated game it had been at the end. And I felt like the Jazz were beneficial, like were benef- they benefited from a bunch of calls, whether it was the Tyus Jones where they just were like, we're going to give you a technical, and now we're going to we're going to touch on the technical a little bit in the second quarter, but but just that play, there was at the end of the game where Jeff T gets completely body checked with like 0.5 seconds left, and and the NBA, if you read the two minute report, which I think it's kind of stupid that they even have it because it throws refs under the bus, and and no one's really happy when they see what it says because no one agrees. <laughs> That's true. And so, but in that thing they said, oh, there was there was marginal contact, like there was no foul there on the Jeff. I'm like Jeff Teague was like thrown out of the way. I'm like if that's not a foul, I don't even know what we're doing here. And then on top of that, there was the clear path foul they called um, in the game, and and we'll, we'll touch on that in the second quarter as well. But that's another call where it doesn't make a lot of sense. And and then you look at the the Thunder game, and the last two minute report just came out 
you know, I saw Doogie posted this, but he said there were two things they said that Towns on that last play, he he was actually should have been called for a foul for an illegal screen, which uh, that seems goofy to me. I definitely didn't see that. And also, why why would they call that there? That just seems like such a bailout. But on top of that, he mentioned how the NBA claimed that Tom Thibodeau was calling a timeout, which there's no way Tom Thibodeau's calling a timeout there. And if you watch the replay, he's calling X, which is a play we run. So sometimes the NBA doesn't do itself any favors when it comes to stuff like this because they just come off like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, we'll we'll cover that a little bit more in uh, in our talker segment, and uh, and look into those two minute reports maybe a little bit more in depth. Uh, looking ahead for our Timberwolves, uh, first they take on the Indiana Pacers on Tuesday uh, without uh, their big man. Who? Uh, what's um, oh, Miles, Turner? Turner Miles Turner yeah, is yeah, officially third. ruled out for yep. the game. Uh, that's a that's a blow to him. I think the Wolves run away with this game pretty easily. Um, well, it's a home game, and for anyone that didn't see this, they have the buy one, get one free tickets. Uh, yes. Plus, like I know, Kevin, you were saying you got a fair deal that got you a ticket to this game. So they've really pushed. Should be a big crowd. Yeah, and I think part of the push for this game was it's the Pacers. They're rebuilding. It's know, Tuesday it was, night. Yes. Yeah, so hey, watch a lot the boys of, throw lobs. There's a <laughs> lot of negatives you know, for this game. So the, the Wolves said, no, we still want to make sure we get a good crowd here. And I think it's going to be a really good crowd. Yeah. I think every Tim Rolls home game is going to be a great home game this year. You can tell. But the promotion for this game specifically was really over the top. And I, I think that's a good thing. Yep. It's nice to get the fans involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then they travel to Detroit on a second night of a back-to-back to play the Pistons. Uh this Pistons team is uh, two and two currently. I, I would say, with with the exception of Drummond, I mean, there's no real identity on this team. Yeah, the the Pistons aren't a great team. You know, they've got some pieces, some younger pieces, but as a whole, I I don't think it's a team that you're necessarily scared of. Like, you don't go to Detroit and go, "Man, this is gonna be a tough win." Uh, now, granted, it's an away game, so away games are always a little tough. But in terms of just on paper, you kind of feel like the Pistons are a team you can beat. Well, the Pistons have Kevin's favorite player, Boban. Boban! So that always makes things interesting. Um, Avery Bradley, let's not forget about him. I mean, this is the off-season acquisition. They do have Avery Bradley. And, you know, Jeff Teague is going to get a dose of him, and he's a tough guard. Um, After that, you know, Drummond doesn't really scare me anymore because he got a skilled power forward in Todd Gibson, and Carl Anthony Towns is no spring chicken either. So I think they can minimize his damage on the offensive glass. And after that, the Wolves just, I think, have that superior depth, and this is why this should be a Timberwolves win. Uh, And then after that, we have our rematch, the Wolves versus the Thunder. This is a home game this Friday. This will be a very, very good game, you guys. It's going to be a tough game, too. You have a team coming in that probably feels a little snake bit that they lost you know, on their home court, last second shot. So I think this is going to be a tough win, but you know it's going to be a huge crowd. Everyone gets out to see the, the big names from OKC when they come here. Yep. Uh, on this top of is that, the Wolves have big crowds the, in general. The, the game right here. This is um, an exciting matchup, Rob. I mean... It tells you where you're at too in this at, early in the season. If you can find a way to not only beat them uh, away, but then also come back and beat them at home, I, I just think that says a lot about where you're at as a team. And, well, and they got to sit on that loss for a long time because we yep, won't play them do. for a while. And it's going to have to be the energy from the crowd that really gets us over the edge. 
I think the confidence is in the favor of the, the Wolves. Um, Butler had a fantastic game. You know, I expect him to come back and, and in front of that home crowd, really bring that sprinkle of extra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. He is that difference maker. I am so looking forward to that game. And this is how exciting the Wolves year is this year. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, and then one more game on the schedule, uh, one week from our recording date. So Monday, uh, they take on the Miami Heat. Uh, so this is a team that is currently one and one as we record this with a loss to the Orlando Magic and a win against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, this is a good rebounding team, a good assist team. Um, they got Goran Dragic, they got Kelly Olenek, James Johnson. I mean, this is a team that that you know could be sneaky for the, this Wolves team if they're not uh, if they're not careful. They kind of feel like most Eastern Conference teams where you're not you know you're not real afraid of them. They've got some nice young pieces, but as a whole, they're just I don't think they're that talented. You know, last year they went on that nice run. They had that really slow start to the season, and then all of a sudden they went on that huge run. They were winning games. And, and they really gelled as a team. They really did. And you had guys like Deion Waiters that were stepping up. You had some some players that really almost, it was like they found a home in Miami and they were playing well. So I think on any given night, the, the Heat are a tough matchup, no matter who you are. I mean, Hassan Whiteside's the real deal. So by no means would this be an easy victory. But I think it's a game where I think if you're the Wolves, you do expect to win the game. It's just nothing's given, obviously. You know, they're bringing back a lot of the same players, and they have a developing roster like Rob's alluding to. Hassan Whiteside is a, is a key centerpiece, and um, when he's playing well, the Heat are playing well. But they have those other players. Goran Dragic is um, really underestimated in some assets. Of, of his game, right? I think he's overlooked commonly. You know, you think of John Wall, Kyrie Irving, those type of players before you really think of Drogic as that key guy, but he is for the Heat and he plays fantastic with us on. Four game stretch. Aaron, your prediction. In, in those four games, how do the Wolves do? I think they go three and one. I, I, I like their, their odds and their matchups so much in all these games. I expect them to beat the Thunder at home. And that's going to really kick things off. I think the Pacers and, and the Pistons are also. There's your three. I think the trap game is the Heat in Miami. I think they're going to be a little bit tired coming off a big Thunder win. Rob? I'm going positive. I'm going 4-0. Oh. I'm going win, 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 win. Hey, I'll ride that sauce with you, Rob. I'll I tell like you it. that all day. But I think they got they get tired at some point. I got I to gotta side with Aaron. A little bit in that I think the Wolves will be coming out. I mean, the Wolves will have two nights of rest after that OKC game. They don't play Friday OKC. They don't play Monday uh, again until the heat. Um, I think Pistons, Pacers, easy wins for this team. I think it's the OKC game. I think there's a little bit of bulletin board material for this OKC team. And they even up the series. And then the Wolves bounce back strong with a a two-night rest. And they uh, they take it to the uh, to the Miami Heat pretty easily, so I'm going to take the three and one sauce. Just a different route, but we still get there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else, guys? Um, I mean, we've got a bunch of stuff that we'll cover in quarter two on the talkers, so I want to save some of that stuff um, before we get to quarter two. It is time to play shot clock. Yeah, we're all set up, ready to go. You want to you want to break down how the game is played, Rob? Yep. For those that aren't familiar with this game. 
The way it works is it pits Aaron against Kevin, and you get 24 seconds. I'm going to give them a category. They have to name as many players in that category. For everyone they get right, they get a point, and it's a best of seven, so very similar to like a playoff series, that sort of thing. So best of seven, um, and we'll get it started here. Who wants to go first this time? Um, I'll go first. You always go first. Yeah, because that's because I win. So you got. You you I won me. last time. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, normally you lose. Okay. Yeah, well, you normally lose. Just let me go first this okay, time. Okay, losers, losers first. That's fine. Let me uh, just pop my headphones in here so I can't hear. Yeah, you got to give me the benefit of the doubt. I'll listen to some Go West. I don't know the rules even. I don't have them memorized yet. All right, so here's the deal, Aaron. Um, Kevin, give me the thumbs up when you're ready to go. All right, he's good to go. He's good to go. Wait, hold on, hold on. It's not loud enough yet. Pump the brakes. All right, here we go. So, Aaron, uh, give me. So, this is going to be based on this current season, uh, the top twenty players in terms of total rebounds so far in the season, and go. A player we just talked about, Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drum- Drummond, uh, Taj Gibson, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Rudy Gobert. Oh boy, let's see. Oh, I'm starting to. It's, oh, it's slipping, Rob. Uh, I don't know. Time. Oh, I froze. Three. Three. A lot horrible. of the guys you named actually weren't on the list. Surprisingly, I think yeah. part of that is because early on certain teams have played more games, and so that makes a difference. So now it's Kevin's turn. Kevin, Kevin's uh, definitely gonna win. No, you got a tough one here. You have to beat three. Oh my god! Oh, you give it. You know, you make him just. You know, that puts pressure Some on me. Some of the though. suspense. May, maybe has it's to Aaron be said it all right there, didn't? Maybe he? it's a little bit tougher. <laughs> but yeah, Aaron, way to okay. downplay it. Okay. All right, so here you go. So it's based on this current season, and it's total rebounds. So um, the top twenty players. In total rebounds, all right? Okay. And go. Cat, Drummond, Whiteside, Draymond, Lamarcus Aldrich, Marc Gasol, Pau Gasol, uh, Giannis, list. Um, Chris Stops. Um, it's oh, my time. gosh. You both had three. <laughs> so we'll we'll go the tie wow. we'll go the tiebreaker. Come on, Kevin, this can't last forever. Here's the tiebreaker. What's the tiebreaker? Just first respond. Who's number one in the NBA right now? First one to say the name. First in in rebounds. Who's number one? Hassan Whiteside. Nope. Joel Embiid. Nope. Kristaps. Nope. Cat. Nope. Aaron, you have no guesses. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Nope. Marcus All. Nope. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Giannis. No, nope, I'm sorry. No, nope. uh, but I am going to give it to I am going to give it to Kevin actually because uh, he actually said a fourth name that I missed. So what? what he did say that? DeAndre Jordan, and I missed. I said DeAndre no, I didn't. Jordan. I didn't say DeAndre. I said DeAndre. Oh, he said DeAndre. Well, he said DeAndre um, in this like in this back and forth. No, 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 no. no. Oh no, uh, I thought you said it in that main. Oh no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I did not. No. Never mind. Then we're still good. Um, come on. I won. This isn't that difficult, guys. I won. No, I you didn't. He thought that I said it during the 24 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I thought he said it during the 24 seconds. DeAndre Jordan, what? Yeah, I didn't. I so, said it. Yeah, no, you said it in the back and forth. It, um, All right, we're just going to make it a tie. Oh, neither God. of you could somehow Who was think it? of Anthony Davis. <laughs> Not sure. That shouldn't have been that wow. difficult. That okay. Was, that was sad. All right, I'm going to put the headphones The listeners back are all sad for you, too. Oh, yeah. thanks, Rob. 
All right, so here we go, Aaron. Uh, we're just waiting for the thumbs up from good old Kevin. Here we go. All right, so same thing uh, this season, top 20, and it's players uh, with assists. And go. Mm. D'Angelo Russell, Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, Lonzo Ball, um, Alfred Payton. Oh, no. Damian Lillard. Why not Jeff Teague? Throw him in the mix. And time. You got six. That's I pretty got good. six. All right. I think I can get a win on Kevin. Don't tell him how many I got. That's what we do. Oh. We don't change the rules for you, Aaron. Just uh, he bend got six. Ben don't break. He had six, right? So Ben don't break. Same concept Kevin. this season, and it's uh, total assists. And go. Rubio, Teague, Giannis, Drew Holiday, uh, Lonzo, Ben Simmons. Um. Oh my gosh! Why am I blanking now? Because you don't know the answer. Malcolm Brogdon, Alfred Payton, uh, Wiggins. What? <laughs> uh, oh, Aaron took it. Freak! Aaron took it. So it's one zero, Aaron. It should be two zero because I got the last one. Right. No, you didn't. You honestly did not. All right, here we're moving on. We're moving on. Waiting for Kevin to give us a thumbs up. Hold on. Kevin's a little slow here. He forgot how to push play. All right, so here we go. So same thing, Aaron. This time it's the top 20, and this is uh, steals. Steals. All right, and go. Chris Paul, Avery Bradley, um, Lonzo Ball, Pat Beverly, um, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, boy, I'm starting to draw blanks again. Uh, let's go, Giannis. Time. He's a freak. LeBron. You got three. Got three. Ooh, back down in the gutter. Kevin's got a chance. This one's actually more than twenty players because so many people are tied at twenty. Wow. There's a Kevin, lot of guys tied at twenty. So Rob is saying your odds are amazing. Kev. So, yeah, pretty should be pretty easy. Ready, go. So this is going to be steals for this season. All right? Go. And go. Rubio, Wiggins, Towns, Giannis, Kristaps, Anthony Davis, um, Lonzo, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. He's just going to name a bunch of big players. Um, I don't really know. Manu. Ah. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> See? You didn't see anything about any that's uh, Chris Paul, James Harden. Drew Holiday. Time. I didn't win. I'm just double checking to make sure you I didn't got this two. one. But I only got two, yeah. Yes. Wait, wait, did you Boom. wait, you said James Harden. I did. He said James Harden. So it's a tie. I did James say James Harden. Harden. Is Get out of here. Woo! James Harden is on the list. You're keeping myself alive. You two are best friends. It's amazing. I said James Harden. You uh, can roll the audio back, Aaron. Well, he did. He did. You know, some of us don't believe you. you know, some of us don't pay attention to Some of the people I'm doing. surprised on this list, like Anthony Davis is on the list. Interesting, right? You should have said Malcolm Brogdon for this category. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said Drew Holiday. I did. Drew Holiday would be number hey! four. Number four. Hey! Oh, in a strange turn of events. Yeah. Okay. Touchdown, right? Okay. Kevin got a touchdown. Yeah, I did. All right. So okay. that's uh. So that puts us at one 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 one, one right? Yeah. Oh, one one. Can, we, can, we, can I just like? 
call uncle and we can just talk about more basketball? No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not, how this, not how this works. The fans love when you lose in how games. How long Aaron. do I got to do this for? Until you lose. That's all we ask. Until you lose. Uh, all right, you ready? All right, get ready. This Rob's is out of same thing. So this far. is blocks and go. Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, um, DeAndre Jordan. Let's see, Carl Towns, Chris Stapps, Przingis. Oh boy, Nikola Jokic. Man, oh no, I'm, I'm running out, Rob. It's probably time. Two. Yeah. Man. It's time. Oh, gosh. If it's Kevin, tough. Some if, of the guys you think of that, that you think would be on the list aren't on the list for some reason this Kevin already this knows season. he's one. This is horrible. I just got to sit here and take it. I think it's just because it's early on that some of the guys haven't played as much. All right. So same thing, Kevin, and this is blocks. And go. Drummond, Boogie, Anthony Cousins, Chris Stops, Cat. Anthony Cousins. Or Anthony Davis. <laughs> That's your uncle. Anthony <laughs> Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins. Uh, Time. Okay. Because you you got you had three right off the bat. That was easy. All right, so it's Thank two you. one two one. I think Kevin's up three one. I mean, it's two one. I'll give him one. Aaron's struggling to count. You've apparently. given him. You've given him one. All right, here we go. I'll All give right, him this one. Is it. Too. All right, ready. And this is the same thing. It's turnovers. And go. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Serge Ibaka, DeMar DeRozan, Alfred Payton, uh, Kyrie Irving, Derek Rose, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, Paul George, Lonzo Ball, Emmanuel Moutier. Time. You got five. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I was kind of slow in my pace. Five's I couldn't good. rattle them off for the good. Five's pretty good. Five's pretty good, Kevin. <clears throat> you got five. All right. Kevin already knows. He's clicking on the internet. All right. What's the next category? All right. Here we go. Get ready. This is same thing, but turnovers. And go. Anthony Davis. Chris Stops, Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gobert. Um, Towns, Wiggins. Alfred Payton, Uh-oh. Lonzo Ball, uh, Patrick Beverly, James Harden, Chris Paul, um, Carmelo, Russ, Paul George. You took it oh, last second. Man, Russ, Russ got him over. Russ got him over. Kevin loves it. I love beating you on this. That's 3-1. Three, 3-2-1. One. Three, one. We're coming down to the wire here. I'm gonna pull it out. Shout out to uh, to Doomtree for the track that's getting me uh, getting me these wins. In that right, here headphones. we go. This could be the win, Aaron, for Kevin. <sighs> if you miss this, all right. This is personal fouls. So total fouls and go. Oh man! All right, Andre Drummond, Dwight Howard, Kemba Walker, um, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Stephen Adams. Oh man, Kenneth Fareed, Carl uh, Towns. Oh my goodness! Time you got two. Yikes! It's tough. A lot of the names you said weren't on there. And that's a tough one. But that's all right. You just gotta be two, and then the game's yours. Okay. All right. So this is same thing, but it's uh, personal fouls, total fouls, 
And go. Uh, Wiggins, Cat, Russ, Paul George, uh, Julio Okafor, Ben Simmons, Sar- Dario Saric, Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, uh, Giannis, Kristaps, Frank Natilakina, uh, Jeff Teague, Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, 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 you're good. You took it. It's over. It's over. The 4-1 victory. I love it. So now the season series tied 1-1? No, I'm up 2-0. 2-0. I beat you last week. Yep, it's true. So I you're falling there. behind. I was there. Uh, Rob, can you make note of that, too, that I'm up 2-0? Oh, of course. Keep of course. track throughout the season. I am more than happy to do that. I would love to just remember the season that I shut Aaron out. Uh, well, that's all we got for quarter one. Uh, we're going to play some Post Malone here. This is I Fall Apart as we get into quarter two, which is our talkers segment. Uh, got a lot of Wolves to talk about, a lot of general NBA to talk about. And we're going to break down some common NBA rules that you may be uh, misconstruing. So uh, first off, this is I Fall Apart, Post Malone, quarter two coming up of the howl. She left me with a broken heart She fooled me twice and it's all my fault She cut to deep, now she left me scarred Now there's so many thoughts going through my brain Keep on going All these scars can't help from showing Whipping in 
quarter two of the howl. Again, that was I Fall Apart Post Malone here on the Nothing But Net channel, Dash Radio, The Howl. Welcome to your Wednesday. Let's get right into it with a new segment we like to call Breaking Down the Game with Rob Hess. Rob, can you kind of give us a little bit of uh, insight as to what this uh, what this part of the quarter will entail and uh, and take it away? This is, a, I guess you call it a teachable moment where we will go over either a rule of the NBA or maybe some aspect of a play type, that sort of thing. Uh, tonight it's going to be, we're looking at rules of the game, specifically fouls and uh, the NBA rules as to what is and is not a foul in two specific instances. And the reason we decided to touch on this is because they directly impacted the Wolves uh, most recently in the Jazz game. So the one I'll start off with is the clear path foul. So if you do the research, you can look it up on Google. You can go on NBA.com. What's really cool is they have some videos out there where uh, one of the uh, head replay officials from the NBA's central office will go through and he'll break down plays and he'll tell you why something is or is not a clear path foul. There's really specific rules as to what is. Uh, for example, if, if I'm running up the court and I go to pass the ball to someone that's in the front court and they're the first one there, if I'm hit before I let go of the ball, that would not be a clear path foul. That's one example. The opposite, if I was able to get the ball away before you touched me and there is someone in the front court and there's no one between them and the basket, that would be a clear path foul. So those those would be a couple instances. Now what happened in the the Jazz game, and shout out to Jim Peterson who touched on this during the telecast, is... There's a few reasons why the call was wrong, not only uh, at the time of the game, but also by the replay officials and by the two-minute report. So they got it all wrong. And that's surprising seeing as how it's pretty – it's not necessarily cut and dry, but the guy that's in charge in the league offices for you know making that call when they go into the replay is the guy that got this wrong. And he's the guy that tells you exactly what is or is not a clear path foul. So I, it's surprising that the, mm-hmm. you know, the utmost expert on the rule does not know the, his own rules. So in this specific instance, and like I mentioned, Jim Peterson knew this part too, is that if you're going to be calling a clear path foul, one thing that can take away the option of a clear path foul is if the defender actually gets into the front court first, which if you watch the replay, he does, which is why that would take away that. But it's really close. So I could understand maybe if they didn't want to argue that way. But if you if you do look at some of the videos they have on NBA.com where they actually break down you know, what a foul is and isn't, you notice that they talk about how if you at any point, once the offensive player gets into the front court if at any point the defensive player has their shoulder in front of the offensive player it is automatically not i'll say that again it is automatically not a clear path foul if you watch the replay jamal crawford clearly has his shoulder and his that part of his body in front of the offensive player so by the letter of the rule it should not have been called a clear path foul so that one's a little goofy to me but it's something you should definitely look into because there's definitely they break it down really well, um, and it's early in the season. I think part of the problem is early in the season you kind of have misses here or there when everyone's kind of trying to get into mid-season form. Uh, the second one I want to talk about is the unsportsmanlike conduct technical that Tyus Jones was given. Now you guys were at the game. You, were you yep. confused like I was when they called it technical and Tyus hadn't done anything? Super confused. 
Yeah, all the contact was created by Ricky Rubio on that play, basically like chest lunging at him as he was making a baseline drive. I mean, just because it's the ball handler meets the baseline, you still can get fouled pretty hard. Rubio clearly fouled him. Yeah, and 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 you know that's the first part. Obviously, that's not that's not called. But what I specifically want to do in this breaking down the game segment is go over the rule, the unsportsmanlike conduct uh, technical foul. So there's, you know, the the NBA rule book. I've I've studied this thing pretty pretty in depth when it comes to technical fouls. And the only interpretation of any of the rules that this could fall under is what happens when Tyus gets hit is his arm goes up and he does hit Rubio in the face. Now. It's clearly accidental. There's clearly no ill will. He, you know, he gets hit. He kind of goes back. If you ever watch Tyus Jones when he gets hit, he tends to embellish the hits a little bit to try to get fouls. And in this specific instance, as he's going back, he, like I said, he hits Rubio. Well, according to the rules, they can, when they go to the replay to see when the ball goes out of bounds, who it's off of, they can actually look for you know technical fouls, unsportsmanlike fouls, that sort of thing. And in this instance... They actually can only call it a techno foul if it meets certain criteria. Number one, they have to determine that it was 100% on purpose, which I don't see how they could have done that, considering the whole thing you know, was a result of Rubio following him. But on top of that, the second it's called unsportsmanlike, the rules actually state it's an automatic ejection, and yet they didn't throw them out. So I feel like they don't understand their own rules, and I feel like that's a problem. Because it didn't take me that long to just look through the NBA rulebook and and come up with you know these answers we're talking about right now. So you definitely would hope going forward that the NBA kind of has a better hold on what is and is not a technical foul. Well, I think a a good point to that, uh, Rob, is you know the use of instant replay and and getting the calls right when you have the opportunities to. Um, the calls are hard hard to make you know on the court because the game speed's so quick. But we have high expectations of our referees, so um, making use of instant replay in a timely fashion, but getting the calls accurate is really um, a point I'd like to add to what you're saying. But um, but how often do they go to replay and still get the call wrong? That seems to happen way too often. It happens more times than it should, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Is it just has to be quality through and through? Um, you know, if they're going to release reports like the two minute reports um, ending the games, and they're trying to do this accountability with the, the refereeing, um, you know, the expectations are there. You know, there's more eyes on them than, than ever. Um, but I, I see room for improvement and real room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's a good conversation to have. Again, it's a process. And, you know, early in the season, and again, it didn't, it didn't completely affect us in that we still won the game, but you'd like them to kind of iron out those kinks going forward. Pretty straightforward, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get into our talkers here. Um, I'm going to go to the bottom of the list first. Um, what are your thoughts on the new, the newly remodeled Target Center? That's a tough call. When I so I got there really early. I tend to get there pretty early. I'm a season ticket holder. I've kind of had experience when the team is let's say busier when you have a lot more people going to the games and traffic is always a little tough. Getting to the games can be a little tough. So you always want to prepare for that. And while I go early, I also don't usually, you know, whether it's get food or buy beer and stuff like that. So I, I didn't anticipate it too much, but the, my friend John, I was with the game and he said, 
he went around everywhere. He was trying to find a coffee, just as an example for him. And he said after he got sent by numerous different people to different areas, he still never found coffee. And I, I know other people had similar experiences where they wanted to go get a beer and they were sitting in line for a half hour. Yep. That's crazy that's, to me. That's, I can relate to that one. That's my, that's my biggest gripe is everything with the, the floor, the seats, the scoreboard – um, well, yeah, the scoreboard was the, crazy. The, the scoreboard like, almost never worked. Yeah, it didn't work until the fourth quarter. But like the like the aesthetics of all of that stuff looked really nice. Oh, it did. But then you get For to sure. the main concourse, and they have these great restaurants, and the design is really nice. But there's still some kinks they got to work out, and one is the lines. They weren't, they didn't look understaffed whatsoever. But there was like every single place had a line, and then uh, the chicken place that was right kind of by my section up in the two hundreds ran out of chicken by halftime. Wow! And we waited, we waited fifteen minutes in line to be told just to hear the news that they were out of chicken. Yeah, that's never enjoyable. So. I would say they need to, they need to plan more. This is a team that's going to be attracting probably pretty darn close to double what they were last year. You need to stock your inventory for it. So they're not in mid-season form is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Similar had, to the officials. I had heard some people talk about the like the new card reader system that they have as a new software system. It, I mean, it's cutting edge nonetheless, but it was just new to basically everyone. So I think... Uh, some training in that area can speed things up because I can relate at waiting 30 plus minutes. Um, although, you know, I did enjoy my time there. I think it's beautiful. I think they've done it well. They just got to work out some logistics and, and that'll come with the team. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a new group and I've, new stuff. I've, I've got some other gripes myself that I will keep off of this show that um, I have been vocal about to a couple people, but um, overall I think the experience there was, Phenomenal! It looks really nice on the outside. It's, it feels it's, more open too. It's nice areas. on the inside. Yeah. Um, the giant basketball and the hoop and the uh, atrium was a really nice touch. Yep. Um, and everybody that works there is still, you know, well trained enough. And, and yeah, shout out to Paul, the guy that super uh, friendly. My section, I've had him for two years now. He does a great job. Yeah, very very friendly. I'm actually going to the game Tuesday against the Pacers, uh, so I will be there. Um, nice. So it, it, it should be a fun time, but I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts and see if you guys mirrored kind of what I was thinking too, especially with the lines and the food. Ups and downs. It's pretty, you yeah. know, it's kind of what you'd expect with a new arena. There were a couple places that ran out of beer on the second floor too. That's I could, funny. I could see that. I mean, like you're saying, just some of the operational logistics of stocking yeah. enough inventory. They're not used to having this many people. Plus, even if they were, it's a whole new different system. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about this. This came to light here just yesterday. Uh, over Twitter, uh, Eric Bledsoe basically asking for a trade three games into the season. Or or did he ask for a trade? Or did he? Because what's coming out now is that apparently he told the GM, oh, I actually wasn't talking about not wanting to be here. I didn't want to be at my hairstylist where I was at. And it's like, what? And the GM actually came out and said, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, and this came, uh, this came basically the same day that Earl Watson was fired. As the Suns head coach, which seems very early to me in the season, even I mean, even even if he's you know, I mean, Earl Watson, I believe he was their coach last year, and he's been their coach for a little while. But three games into a season, just seems a little excessive. Weird timing too. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can tell there's some type of lack of trust that's broken down. A move clearly needed to be made because there's got to be some type of divide there. Um, you know what? I, I don't uh, think there's anything with wrong with uh you know having some respect and you know kind of going on with your coach a little bit um 
Especially if you, you know, buy in and really believe, you know, a guy's just staying in his opinion. If he doesn't want to be there, he's not happy. Um, you know, hopefully they can work it out, right? But, you know, there's a lot of talk about it now. So hopefully he ends up in a good place. The Suns, um, you know, let's face it, they're off to a good start anyways. So they mm-hmm. might as well move on from this as soon as they can. I, I would expect a trade partner within within a week. I think we could be talking about uh, a trade going down next time we record. Yeah, they said they're fielding offers as we speak and that they, they do anticipate that a trade is going to happen. He's not going to be with them long term. Does he have any best fit options right now for landing spots? I mean, what, what are some of the, the, the key cities that he could end up in? I would say one team to look at as kind of a little bit of a dark horse but really needs a point guard is Brooklyn. I think with Jeremy Lin's injury, you yeah, have you have D Russ. What do they give up to do? What would they give up to even? You know, but that's the thing, and that's 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 the biggest thing in all of this is what do you give up? But the Nets could really gain a very very good point guard if uh, if they were able to land Bledsoe, and they and they need the help because losing Lin is a huge blow to them. It wouldn't necessarily be a huge blow to a lot of other teams in the league to lose a guy like Jeremy Lin, but to the Nets it is, and so picking up a guy like Bledsoe would be huge for them. Cavs are one team that's been mentioned. They, they People go, GM LeBron couldn't get on the phone fast enough to try to get Bledsoe there. So I don't know. It'll be well, interesting to see where he goes. D-Rose is going to be out a couple weeks. He's always hurt. Possibly always even more. Hurt. But Bledsoe's, Bledsoe's not much different. The problem with Bledsoe is he's usually, he gets hurt a lot too. So... The problem with bringing him in if you're the Cavs is now you have two injury point guards. Yeah, he needs to be able to sustain an NBA season. We haven't seen it from him. You know, it's without you know a doubt a concern. I mean, it's probably his biggest mark on his other what would be a, a good career thus far. Um, he needs some consistency. I kind of feel bad for him. And you know, in terms of landing spots, you know, it would have been nice if he could have worked out in Los Angeles for the Clippers. Who knows? That's a team that's been talked about of maybe having some intrigue of getting him. Uh, Teodosic is down with an injury. That could be a while. So they, they very likely could be looking for a move there. They could score a quality player. It, you know, it's, it's, if you just take the time to think about some of the better teams and some of the teams that might be willing to offer you know, something for him, it's tough to find an obvious match. You know, there's probably some teams out there you're like, yeah, I could see him going there, but there's no team that just comes out and you're like, that's it makes sense he's going to go there, wherever that would be. I, it Denver just doesn't could be seem a good like choice. That. I mean, you that's, compare, you compare yeah. him with Paul Millsap. Um, they do have some assets. so I think a good team like Denver should do this. I mean, well, I, I have to be honest with you. I would dread it because, you know, it's just another contender for the Wolves in the West makes the path to the playoffs all that much more difficult. Uh, you know, that team, if they had Bledsoe, I mean – now the, your your big three is is Millsap, Bledsoe, and Jokic. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a, a tremendous start Makes with a lot the of supporting sense. cats. You know if they could keep a guy like Jamal Murray still on the team, you really got some winners. So speaking of Earl Watson getting fired from Phoenix, uh, let's let's take a look. What other coaches do you guys think may potentially be on the hot seat this season? Now, obviously, NBA coach firing is a little bit more rare midseason than other sports, especially football. But looking at, I think there are some coaches that we could potentially see if their teams don't pick it up, potentially lose their job. I, I can't, you know, no one specifically comes to mind for me. I have one. Okay. Fred Hoiberg. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that the, the good that thing is, is my most obvious choice. Here's the of thing, though, if you're going to get rid of Fred Hoiberg, you should have almost already done it, because uh, now you're in a full rebuild, 
and you'd think you'd want to grow, have the coach grow with the team. So the fact that he's I gotta still imagine there, they're entertaining uh, new concepts. Maybe, but I, I think they like, gotta they gotta get rid of their GM before they get rid of Hoiberg. Yeah, there's 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 lots of problems in Chicago. I I don't know that you know long term. I don't know that Fred Hoiberg is is the guy there or anywhere else. He might just be one of those guys that just really thrives. In As college a, ball. Or a front office guy, because he was yep. front office yep. with the Wolves. And he was he Saul, and he was, he was our assistant GM. Well, let me, let me throw a couple names out and see what you guys think. Uh, Doc Rivers in L.A. Well, I think his time might be limited only because I think he's going to retire. Because he's talked about that you know, in the past, about retiring soon. So I don't know that he'd ever be fired. I mean, who wants to be the guy that fires Doc Rivers, you know? I, yeah, you hope that is just a mutual agreement to part ways and you can keep things clean. You never want to part ways ugly, right? Um, what about the Knicks? I mean, that's another team where I feel the patients are thin. Um, they need to put something together. And here's my biggest takeaway with the Knicks. If they could have actually retained some good assets in the mellow trade and they had an opportunity to steer the ship a little bit better in the right direction in an Eastern Conference where I think it's reasonable to think that that if they add the proper player they could be like a four seed um, well and they got jeff hornacek who took over last year i think he gets a little bit more time but one more maybe yeah i mean you gotta look at it they got a, a rookie point guard they got some solid big men i mean they have potential it's just gonna take them a little while you gotta be patient with hornacek um what about a guy that has been around with the same team for the longest time in Rick Carlisle. Do you think he gets moved no, or I mean I don't it, think he's going anywhere. I think they're starting to build some really good pieces in there. I think Dennis Smith his, Jr. alone is a building block that's like wow. Well that's what I was gonna talk about is it all depends, I believe, on their relationship. How how well Carlisle can now coach Dennis Smith Jr. He's like basically been given some shiny keys to the brand new caddy right i mean this is a player who has all the dynamic ability who can go on the offensive end in the defensive end he's a a nightmare matchup in iso basketball put him in the pick and roll the better he learns that i mean he has real opportunity to become the rookie of the year in the nba so carlisle's influence on this young man is going to be tremendous but i think you know the ownership trusts him, and he's he's a good coach. He's put together quality teams for a long period of time. Let's uh, let's bounce into a uh, a Wolves storyline here. Cole Aldrich through three games has logged exactly zero minutes. Uh, has not seen the floor uh, one minute of any of these games so far. Let me ask you guys this. Do you think he's just kind of placeholding for Justin Patton until Patton comes back from injury, and then they're going to do something with him? Do you think he maybe will see the floor at some point? Do you think he's just kind of that bench emergency, you know, if a big man gets hurt, we've got him kind of thing? What What do we do with Cole? He's you're, stuck here, and you're stuck with him. Well, it for me, it all depends on what the team expects from him, right? Uh, on the surface... I don't know any inside information for the reasoning behind the playing time or not. I just know by what I see. And, you know, like you said, the lack of involvement on the actual hardwood um, when it matters isn't happening. But maybe he has some strong benefits in practice. 
that's a storyline I don't know for certain, but could very well be a reason why he's a quality guy to keep around. Granted, an expensive quality guy, which you know I think is a reason for contention on why we think you know we ex- have an expectation. Yeah, it's, he's weird because when he signed his contract at the time, we're all thinking, "What a great value!" And then you look at this past off season, you're like, "Ah." This sucks. Well, where we was your Cole expectations? And he's wasted like, money. Like 10 points or 8 points a game maybe and like 8 rebounds, you know, almost a double-double. Uh, I mean, I kind of expected that. Or You, you expected know, that? I thought he could get 8 points, you know, mm, 6 points a game. I night, expected, yeah, four maybe. Or 5 rebounds. Maybe 6. Know, have some, maybe 6 and 5. I mean, yeah. you're, you were pretty much bringing him in there as a depth guy and then he was going to help you out on defense. But like I never saw what, it. You wanted what he did with the Clippers here and it just didn't happen. Now, granted, he didn't get a lot little. of burn, but he didn't look good. And on top of that, if you want to know where his value's at, we tried to get CJ Miles and we, we thought about doing a sign and trade with the Pacers. And the reason why it didn't happen is because they said, we want a first round pick. It's like, ah, that tells right. you where that value is. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because he comes out. Thibodeau comes out and says, you know, no, Aldridge is going to play. You know, he's going to be an uh, important piece this season. And I think everyone knew from the beginning that was a farce. Like, that wasn't happening. And, and I think it's shown now, especially this is without Patton. When Patton comes back, what are we going to play Aldridge for? I mean, yeah. I think Patton's a much, much – he, he's much more talented. Yeah, it's something you got to wonder how it really pans out. I think you got to really narrow it in there, Rob, in terms of the the reasoning behind it. So – it, you know, until some movement happens, it's just kind of the same old thing. All I know is the last picture I saw of him, he was like missing a tooth or something. Oh, yeah. And that was new to me. So um, hopefully he gets a, finds a dentist, or maybe that's just his new style. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, I found this article I wanted to, to kind of go over with you. And uh, Rob, you've seen a couple of them as I've scrolled through looking at it. But I want to ask Aaron. I found this article that is the top five worst trades in Minnesota Timberwolves history. Okay. Uh, so number five, they have uh, the Ty Lawson trade. The swap of the draft picks? Yep. So basically it says here in 09, the Wolves drafted him but decided to trade him to Denver and keep Johnny Flynn. Do you think uh, getting rid of Lawson was a disaster for the Wolves? You know, for the first couple of years, you know, Lawson played some really good basketball, and, and Flynn, you know, didn't pan out in Minnesota. You know, the biggest thing about that draft, we all know, but... It's obviously the Ricky Rubio, Steph Curry. Yeah, so, you know, this, this is the, revisionist history. Everyone knows, at least they should, because it's been beaten like a dead horse. We didn't trade Ty Lawson. We traded the pick yeah. way before we, he was even available there. So... And I don't know why people keep harping on this. It's you can be you can say it's a trade you didn't like at the like after the fact, but at the same time, you weren't trading Ty Lawson. You traded a pick, and it was way before he was even available. So I, the fact that people still look at that and think that's what happened, it just I think tells you a lot. Well, that's not what I'm thinking. What what it does kind of bug me is like you know three point guards back to back like that, you know. Yeah, like why it would just, you do that? And it just shook you. It was like, what is this? But we also took another point guard in the second round. It was unbelievable. It was like yeah. a sabotage event. It was goofy. Uh, uh, the anyways. next one, the next one on the list, Brandon Roy. Uh, we drafted him with the sixth pick in 06. 
and immediately swapped with Portland, who I believe had the seventh that season, uh, to get Randy Foy. Uh, we obviously know that Brandon Roy was out of the league a few years later with the knee issues. Randy Foy was never really the the guy we anticipated that he would be, and Brandon Roy was a star for the for the years that he was in Portland before the knee injuries uh, derailed his career. Unfortunately, um, well, I think they had both fair careers in and of themselves. I mean, Brandon Roy played some high level basketball, and then in Foy ultimately had like a 10 year career. You know, he, he made some good run there with the nuggets. This, and, you know, he didn't make all-star potential, but ultimately you play that long in the NBA. That's, that's I mean, a Foy, fine career. Foy's still in the league, but on top of that, again, I hate to harp on this, but it's revisionist history again, because what happened at the time was we drafted Brandon Roy because we were going to trade him for uh, the draft pick for a draft pick and another player. So that was why this actually happened. Well, what happened was the Blazers found out what happened, so that's why they took Randy Foy. So the whole reason this whole thing happened is because we actually had a trade in place. I, I can't tell you the specifics because I don't recall who the other name was, but but the, we were going to trade back, get a player, and get Randy Foy, and that's why the Blazers jumped in and said, no, 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 and then they, they basically mortgaged the pick. So... That's a knowledge bomb by Rob. It is. I, I mean, that's just that's what happened. So, I mean, there we are. It's a, so it's it's not as cut and dry as they made it seem. This is when Kevin would talk. Hi, Kevin. All right. Next up on the list is Chandler Parsons. Uh, the Wolves had drafted the Florida Gator project in the second round. Um, well, actually, they they acquired him from Houston. In a draft night trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then traded him back to Houston for cash. Now, this this is actually goes back to the Johnny Flynn, because this is, this is part of that whole Johnny Flynn thing. It was the, they traded Johnny Flynn, then they traded back, they traded back, and it was that whole, like, trying to, if, if I'm recalling specifically, this was when they were trying to pay for Kurt Ramis's salary as he was leaving, and Taylor told Khan, figure it out. Which, on top of that, not only did that happen, this is also the reason why they made the rule that you can only trade so many picks for cash. Makes sense. There's something about, you know, understanding the NBA as a business when you're just straight up traded for cash. Mm -hmm. And then you max out that opportunity. So, and it, I think that's more if, if if you wanted to put one thing on this list, maybe at the top, to me, it's the idea of just trading our second round picks all the time as a whole, like all the times we've done that. I feel like that's one big mistake. I yeah. think now with the, with the, the development of the D League, you should almost never mm-hmm. like that's like a primo G League player that you should be getting in the second round, a, a target you really want to develop that you can integrate into your system. Which a good example of that is is your guy Jordan Bell. The Bulls yep. had an opportunity to take him. They did, and they're like, well, we'll just trade yeah, him yeah, to the Warriors. The dumbest like, thing that they did uh, was for cash, too. That's that's the thing. So, See, unfortunately, there's that problem. Yeah. Teams okay. just still don't va- understand the value of a second-round pick. Yep, and the Bulls didn't understand uh, Jordan uh, Bell. Jordan Bell's value. Uh, number two on the list, Sam Cassell, trading him to the Clippers uh, for a few random pieces to try to make use of the last few years of KG's prime. But not really random pieces. You traded it for for Marco Yarich. And well, the worst yeah, part this, about that this, trade is you had to give a first-round pickup. 
This was the worst trade in my eyes that I think we've ever. Oh done. yeah, it's tough to be worse than this. How did you have to? How did you give up Sam Cassell, and you had to give a first round pick? Like, at what point was Marco Yarich worth Sam Cassell or a first round pick? Never. Not, not only never combined, right. Combining those two, it's just I can't even. I, I, I mean, alone the value is not there. It's super weird. So this, this is by, like the epitome of the, the McHale. This is kind of like the epitome of the McHale era. Like, uh, there is one trade that these guys have ranked worst. No way, really? and that is. Oh well, yeah, this is fair. Ray Allen, Steph Marbury, Ray Allen. It's tough though. See again, that's a hindsight deal, but at the time, everyone loved that trade. Everyone thought it made sense to I pair KG the vibe and Marbury. Like that. Yeah. I mean that was the big thing. I, it's always easy, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean that's just it. At the time, though, I, I think you guys would probably agree with this that most people thought it was a good trade. Yeah. People thought, okay, you're pairing Marbury. I mean, who would have guessed? Oh, Stefan Marbury is going to go insane, like because that's pretty much what happened. I think. I think the best part about that whole thing was how we traded Tom Gugliotta to appease Stefan Marbury. He's like, I don't want to play with that guy anymore. I'm like, okay, sounds good. We'll trade him, which is stupid in itself. But then you trade Marbury, and he goes, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be closer to home. Does he go closer to New York? No, we trade him to Phoenix. And you know who he plays with in Phoenix? Tom Gugliotta. <laughs> so it was the stupid. That's what makes that the stupid. Like, that's what's stupid. Because of that Tom Gugliotta. Insert no, Tom like the whole Gugliotta thing where, the variable. The whole thing becomes- where you traded... You traded uh, yeah, you Ray Allen down. for Marbury, yep. and Marbury goes crazy, and then he just gets himself traded into the exact same situation he didn't want to be in. Just further away from home. It's just like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> he was a happy camper, I bet. Oh, oh, and a lot, of these, a lot of these trades are hindsight trades. I mean, that's, that's kind of the big thing. That's is, the whole point. I get yeah. that. But at the same time, some of it's like, this is a bad yeah. trade if we forget the facts. Yeah, minor, <laughs> minor details. Um Early NBA storylines. Um, I mean, obviously we've seen we've we've already seen some you know season-ending injuries. The injuries are killing uh, me. Jeremy Lin, Gordon Hayward, just to name a couple. Um, what is a surprise? Uh, well, actually, let me ask you this question first. There are four undefeated teams in the NBA. Can you name them? Uh, let's see. So the Bucks. Probably the Spurs. Well, hold on, hold on, Aaron. Hold Grizzlies, on one second. Hold on, Aaron. Clippers hold on, Aaron. and Wizards. Hold on, Rob. You're four. You're four. So there's four teams total. Four teams total. Yep. Shoot. Uh, let's see why. I know the Bucks are undefeated. Um, the Rockets, I believe, are undefeated. Um, oof, this is tougher. Uh, I'll go with Spurs. And how many does he get to guess? Ten. He's. Four teams. Okay. <laughs> How hard is that? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're Aaron four. Everybody. Sorry, you're four. Were so uh, Houston Rockets, uh, San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Oof. The uh, and oh, fourth, we'll say the Cavs. Okay, Aaron. The Wizards. That's number one, right? I mean, you 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 answer. Yeah, and we'll Clippers tell you. are doing good. Spurs. You get one more. Grizzlies. Okay. So the four are San Antonio, L.A. Clippers, Memphis Grizzlies, and Washington Wizards. I thought the Bucks were. Oh, the Bucks were- are three and one. Boo! Surprise, surprise! The Grizzlies 
are undefeated. Yeah, I who would have thought? Conley, he's the highest paid player, right? The dark horse MVP, which is kind of crazy to think the highest paid player in the NBA is, uh, you know, an outside candidate to win an MVP. But hey, if they can, you know, ride his wave, he's going to have a heck of a season. A lot of teams to start two and one. Um, I mean, we've got let's see, three, six teams in the East that are two and one. Uh, we've got four teams in the West that are two and one or better. The West, though, which we thought was supposed to be kind of the the more competitive league. Um, I mean, you're looking at you know Golden State is two and two. They're five hundred ball right now. If, well, if the playoffs started today, they'd be the eight seed. Yeah, I mean, four games in, but um, you know the reason they're two and two, you know. KD and Steph. I mean, they're already frustrated and kicked out of games. Throw their mouth guards at referees. Come on now, it'll it'll be a long season if they keep that up. I can tell you that. Someone someone made a good point. Someone said it was something on the lines of if if Boogie Cousin threw a mouth guard, he'd be kicked out of the league. (laughs) And Corey, there's like, please don't do that again. My biggest surprise is is really the dominance of Giannis. I I think of all the players surprised by that. I'm not surprised. It's just it's so evident. He looks that much better than the year before, and it's been steady improvement for him. So I look at it as if you know it's his league almost for the taking. He's trying to fight for that top spot, and uh, I think he's he's one of the best around right now. So he's really started and impressed me the most. Uh, for me, I'm actually I'm I am really surprised with Memphis. Uh, but one team that's a, a little bit of a letdown to me to start is the Sacramento Kings. I was I was pretty high on them, I think, in taking a step forward. I don't think they're a championship caliber team by any stretch at this point. Well, yeah. But at least but at least taking a step forward and they start one and two. It and just I mean they're they're basically in full repo. Yeah. But I mean you got there's great pieces on this team with some good veteran leadership. This is a team I expected to, to compete, and obviously it's still early, so we'll see. But uh, Sacramento is is kind of a team that it's a little bit of a letdown for me. The goofy thing is they refuse to go full rebuild, so they bring in all these veterans. So you're taking yep. minutes away from De'Aaron Fox. I, I just don't know that I love the direction they went because you got aging veterans, first of all, in Zebo and Vince Carter, Vince Carter, George Hill. You know, George Hill's he's not super old, but I mean he's up there. You know, he's in his thirties and. I just feel like you'd be better served if you had just gone the full youth movement with guys like, you know, LaBCA, Willie Cauley-Stein. I just think he had some nice young pieces. And if I was a Sacramento fan, I'd be kind of like, why didn't you just go full rebuild? Because it's not like the veterans you brought in are going to bring them to that next level. Now, I get the whole thing about having veteran presences in the locker room, but these are guys that want to play. And so you're bringing in players. And some of those guys, they paid. Like George Hill, he's getting paid. And so to me, I'd be a little frustrated if I was a fan because I want these young guys to get minutes, and it's tough when they're behind some of these veterans. I think the the Houston Rockets have really shown their true colors. I mean, they're a team that we expected them to be dominant and and have a good season. And they, they look the part. They also showcase a lot of what I see in OKC that they're teams that you know are going to, you know, age well as the season progresses, that they're going to develop and become a smoother operating machine, and there's going to get that cohesiveness, really. So those are two teams I really expect um, to have a good season. Um, so last topic here, and then we'll get into halftime in our interview with Y. Kalik. Uh, the Iowa Wolves roster is set 
And uh, there's some names on there that are going to sound familiar to you. Um, I'm going to run down some of the bigger names real quick. Wade Baldwin the fourth. Uh, is on the team. Matt Costello, a guy that all three of us liked in uh, in summer league uh, for the Wolves, got uh, got signed to the G League squad. Uh, Deonta Davis, the power forward from Michigan State. Uh, Perry Jones from Baylor is on the team. Jakar Sampson from St. John's. Wayne Selden from Kansas. Uh, just to name a few, and then there's a, a, a few guys that went undrafted in the uh, the last few years draft. Uh, what do you guys think of this Iowa Wolves roster quickly? I mean, obviously we're not going to know much. It's still early. I, mean, I but think it'll be fun to watch regardless. You're definitely going to see, you know, you've got the, the two-way players that the Wolves have on their roster. I think Patton's going to see a, a pretty large amount of time down there, if nothing else, as he, as he rehabs. But on top of that, it's he's just not going to get a lot of minutes with the, with the Wolves. So once the D-League season starts, I could see him being down there quite a bit. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into our interview here. Why Kalik is uh, just showing up here as we speak. So we will sit down with him, talk about the new album, uh, the Mustard Seed that is released today. Uh, we will sit down and chat with him. That's coming up on halftime. You're listening to the Howl on Dash and the Nothing But Net channel. Halftime of the Howl. Now, normally we have a track for you, our selected track of the of the week, if you will. Uh, but this week we're doing a little different. Uh, I think this is actually our first ever like record release, more or less, as, as a halftime part of the Howl. Uh, we are joined in the den by Y Kalik. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. I feel honored, man. I feel like, man, last time, I, what was it? You said I was like the third or sixth person, sixth time you I did were, it? It, it was, was like, episode three last year. And that was the episode, like season that. two, episode three. And you were one of, the, one of the last ones in the old den before we made the move. Fresh uh, off of the the prof outdoors oh, three, yep. yeah, 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 killed yep. it there. That's crazy. And that's I, time I, flies. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, you see what I'm saying. So you know, I seen you live at that concert. I remember I was like, "This guy's got it. I need to get him on the show." Came on the show. We had a good time. Now I think, I think yeah, you had a tight. concert that night too that you came over. Did I? You were going to some place. You were going to First Avenue right after the after we were. Yeah, you yeah you came you came yeah. early to our place because you had to basically like run did, right man, away. But I do so. And you were running late. You were <laughs> yeah. like, we're like, what time you got to be on? You're like nine. We're like, it's nine thirty, dog. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. I forget because there's so many shows I've been to. Did like performances, just chill, just hung out. Like I forget. It's so many shows. Well, and, and last time you were here, too, was right around, I think, I don't know if it was the beginning or just right in time, but it was uh, Why Wednesday Yeah, was kind of at its peak, more or less. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And now you're releasing a new album. <laughs> Tell us about your new work. Um, man, it's just new and improved. Like, um, I would say, like, my album's more, like, personal to me. Like, I think it's the first time where I kind of, like, dove in onto, like, who I am as a person more. And, um... I, I I just think that like the songwriting and like the structuring, just the quality, the sonics, it all sounds way better than any material or anything I put out before. So as Kevin was saying, I mean, he was talking about the Why Wednesdays, and those yeah, we're are, still going hard on that. Yeah, those are definitely happening. And the mustard seed, the name of the album, it drops today. So as you're listening to the Howl, know that you can go to whycolleague dot com. You can purchase yeah. the album. Hard yeah. copies available. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do for listeners, people that are tuning in right now, or whether you're listening to this show later on repeat, we got a Saturday morning rerun. Go to whycleek.com, 
register. Um, if you buy the album, I mean, we'll be doing first 10, 15 albums. Man, like the first first 15 people to subscribe, I send them out a hard copy of that sign of the album. Autograph copy. This album right here, I will tell you this. You had been teasing the mustard seed for so long. It had me personally waiting. I was like, I need to see more, which I must say is genius because I think the execution was top-notch, well-done, perfect. The thing is, it made me want to hear the song and see the video so much. When it finally happened, it was like, damn. The Mustard Seed <laughs> video was fantastic. I mean, it's, uh, what, almost 18 minutes? Yeah, like 20 minutes, I think. At the and end. it's fantastic. It's well-done. You're looking to do more work. If anybody has not seen the Mustard Seed video, go check that out. It's also available on whyclick.com. Yeah. But what we're here to talk about is the album that is releasing today, The Mustard Seed, 12-track album by Y. Kalik. And what we really want to do is talk about some of the songs on this album, right? So you got My Jam. That was the first release? Yeah. I mean, it's my jam. <laughs> it's nice, man. I tell you what, it goes. It goes. got a good beat. Man, thank As you. As always, I know you have a lot of work in the studio. I mean, this guy literally lives in this place. <laughs> it is... Is solid, man, and and there's it's track after track. Let's get into my jam. I want to hear about some of the stories since this is essentially the debut of the album today. What what was behind my jam? How did you come to that song? What got you in that you know frame of mind to produce something where you felt like this could be my lead release song? Um, I wanted to have fun. I felt like a. Uh... A lot of times I notice when I gauge like my music, I notice that a lot of the songs that I had the most fun on that I didn't care about or like not care about, but I didn't like think too hard on. Yes, were songs that like people gravitated towards. Natural and easy. And when I did my jam, I think it was, we were just I was just in a fun environment, a lot of energy, and I needed something. I needed fun on the on the project, and I think that's that brings that element that that style of just of um i don't know just bring brightness you know what i mean like to the album and i feel like it also kind of explains a part of my life where it's like a lot of my life has been that side too where it's like parties or just like being in an environment of a lot of people just jamming all type of stuff like that so it just it's another way of expressing myself but also being having fun and just being catchy and stuff like that this is a fresh you know summertime track i mean you know, granted, it's rolling into that fall season, winter season. It's still a good track any time of the year. And this is, I mean, this is the sixth track on the album. Mm -hmm. Now, have you played that song live? Yeah, I have, actually. Where'd you do that at? I did it, um, did I do my gym at uh, Somerset? Yeah, I, I know I did. you did, brother. I think That's I why. Did. I, <laughs> I, <did>. <laughs> <laughs> I seen you, I seen you do it a lot. Um, yeah. um, and then also, uh. I did a show at Honey not too long ago that I did it at, and it was pretty lit. Crowd got going? Yeah. Nice. I think everybody just loves that. This is my jam part. And, like, it was me experimenting, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I like to experiment with my sound where, I like, I like to stay me, but just try different elements, you know what I'm saying? And just different sounds, a different way of, like, trying to get people to engage. Yes. So, th I mean, this is the mustard seed, right? I mean, yeah. this is the song that allows it all to grow. Uh, you got... A great building block and a basis to start from. Uh, my jam up next here 
on Dash Radio, nothing but net. Show me that you really be about it. They've been trying to be in me a martyr, but I always been a seed. All I needed was the water. Right. And when the sun shined, then we sprouted. They bang street signs, and we see peace signs. We vibing out over here. Oh, they bang street signs, and we see peace signs. We vibing out over here. And she said, This is my jam. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. Yeah, this is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. This is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. Yeah, this is my jam. And this is my jam. And this is my jam. E. Told my mama anything you needed, and I got it. I've been working on my passion, working on the balance of a life and a daughter. Working way too hard to be overlooking it, so they need to try to bargain. But it's understood that I ain't leaving much for airs for none of my targets. And I don't see the need to be the hardest. I'm talking about the guy. He said I gotta trust the process. Working like me, never heard of me I'm looking at the burdens as a herd of one And I was getting worrisome and worrisome I call my nigga, probably had to huddle The things will fall together, don't be banking on the leverage Got another go around on the Ferris wheel Attention wasn't ever in the being real Attention wasn't ever proving perfect We ain't playing on the even playing field It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam That you really be about it They been trying to be in me a martyr But I always been a seed All I needed was the water babe. And when the sun shined Then we sprouted They bang street signs And we see peace signs We vibing out over here They bang street signs And we see peace signs We vibing out over here And she said This is my jam this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. Yeah, this is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. This is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. This is my jam. And this is my jam. And this is my jam. Eat. This is your jam. Then this is my jam. Let's dance. This is your chance. Don't pass. This is my plan. See, I plan to be the hardest nigga working with the pen. So let them throw bags if they wanna smoke. In the toilet, so I'd rather go past in the moment. Get your little head in the morning, put it on the counter, tell it back up on it, back up on it, back up on it. Back when I was bringing on the bags, on my brother's like a batter, but it's sugar. But you know, we got a back up on it working, cause the turn it back up on us working, cause we barely had a mattress on me working, trying to bring it on the fan. Teach us how to spend it just to meet with Uncle Sam, but it got us in the sands. Looking at the facts, knowing to go ham if I wanna, they don't show love in the trunk, so I'm chucking my peace sign to my cousin with street ties. Them niggas behind with time over there, constant battles of street ties, street signs. A cage mine ain't been further than these blocks, and these. Glocks come colder than four below These guns ain't shooting them on their own These bills will never go pay themselves So you better account it for every coin It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam Show me that you really be about it they been trying to be in me a martyr, but I always been a seed. All I needed was the water, babe. And when the sun shined, then we sprouted. They bang street signs, and we see peace signs. We vibing out over here. They bang street signs, and we see peace signs. We vibing out over here. And she said, This is my jam. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. Yeah, this is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. This is my jam. And this is my jam, baby. This is my jam, baby. This is my jam. This is my jam. And this is my jam. And this is my jam. That is my jam. Why Kalik, the new album, yeah. The Mustard Seed. That is a good song. Man, thank I gotta, you. Like, that's, that's a song that you gotta that you gotta smile while you're listening to. <laughs> if you don't if you don't feel happy after listening to that song or feel like you need to go hit the jam, go for a run, get outside, hug a friend, bake what, a pie for the neighbor. What I'm something. most what I'm most happy about that song is that like 
my daughter sings that song. And like she'd be like, "This is my jam." Oh, that's cool. This is my jam. Yeah, and it's just cute. like yeah. it's just crazy to see like she knows my words or like my song will play. Like I never told her my music, and I'm playing my album out loud. I'm just listening to it on my phone, and like every song will start and come on. She said, "That that 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 song, that that song," and it's just like crazy. She just knows because she's been in the studio a lot during the process of me making my project. And like, so she's like, she obviously knows and she just knows my music. So it's crazy. So listening to the track, what's, what's nice about it is you would definitely have the flow. You, you shift the pace, you mm-hmm. get a female chorus kind mm-hmm. of kick in there and then you come back in. You want to talk about how that all came together organically? Oh man, I was like recording in a studio. I was doing another session with the homie. And, like, while they were recording, I was just listening to beats. Like, I'm just, like, super inspired. And I'm listening. So I started writing this hook. And I'm writing the hook. Like, this is my jam. And the girl that was actually on the song that we were doing for the session happened to be in the room. And she's, like, while another guy was recording, she's, like, what are you working on? And I'm, like, so I started, like, saying it for her. And I'm, like, this is my jam. And she started singing it behind me. And I'm, like, yo, like, that's hot. We need to record that. And, like, the next morning we recorded it. And it was crazy. Then, like, she came back a couple more times, and we just like titty up like the 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 vocals and stuff like that, and make sure they were like clean and just layered it up and stuff like that. So it was dope. I mean, that's how things come together organically. Yeah. So we're debuting tracks right now because the album's out right now today. I mean, it's blowing up. I haven't even heard the next song that you're about to play for us. Mm-hmm. Follow the leaves. Mm-hmm. So this is the. Eighth track on the album. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. Um, I made Follow the Leaves like, like basically like, okay, so last time, last time we did, um, we did, when we did the last show was before Prof Outdoors, right? Yep. No, Prof, it was right after Prof Outdoors. It was right after Prof, started. right? Yep. And I had just went to Somerset like a month before that, I believe, mm-hmm. with Jay Plaza. And I was like, I was working at the time. I had two jobs. <clears throat> and I remember I actually no, I had just quit I had just quit both my jobs. And I remember being at Somerset and I I, I used to tell the guy I used to work with at one of the jobs, like, yo, I do music and like he didn't believe me. And then like I quit my jobs and we at Somerset and we like on stage with chance and stuff. And next thing you know, I see him in the front st- in front and he's like pointing at me like, Man, you said you did it. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was just like, Yo, you do music, like shock. So then like just long story short, like with me just losing, well, not losing, but quitting both my jobs and just putting 100% faith into what I was doing. Like, the commitment. after that, like the next year, I'm on that main stage. Like, you know what I mean? The same stage that I walked out on and I'm seeing Chance and it's my first experience. And, and Follow the Leads is really like a, just a metaphor for following your dreams. And it's basically just like I made it when like I, I found my purpose. And it's just like I want to tell other people. And help encourage them to find their purpose so they could follow their dreams or their leads, you know what I'm saying? So that's really where the song came from, just like kind of telling my story or of how I grew and, and noticed what I needed to do in order to like fulfill my dreams. Isn't that the truth, though? I mean, isn't that what we all kind of look for is that, you know, that kind of moment where we can be like, okay, you kind of want that reaffirmation of, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? This is basically like, like yeah, like basically like you know what I mean? Because with just the whole 
concept of the album and everything like really my whole purpose and my drive was me having a daughter like that changed like my whole drive on how I looked at everything on how I worked like even when I was doing music before she was born like it's it's it shifted so it's like that song like represents that and it also just represents like people who 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 might be trying to to do something and they're scared or whatever the case may be just like jump and that's just what I encourage the people to do because I feel like if you believe in yourself over anything that you're going to be successful like you better believe it that's what it takes uh let's play the track because I want to hear it I haven't heard it you're listening to nothing but net radio here on dash radio and this is the album release with Y Kalik Mustard Seed the track upcoming follow the leads but if I follow, follow my heart, my heart, I lose, I lose. So when they, so when they say I, say I, I made it, I made it. There's proof, there's proof. Then I say, then I say, then they say, then they say, and doubters, and doubters. Baby, follow the leads, don't you? Follow they rules, I mean, all of this mean, don't you? Step on my shoes, we was planting the seeds before we knew it was girl, I had to chomp in my skills before we knew it was hope. I worked on off days, on great days, no late days, don't come short on paydays. They shoot now, don't pay play. I bossed up and make plays and save hate for rain days. Six nicknames like Take Take and Six Piece from JJ's. Fast forward, no nine five, no eye jobs or boss ties. It's all mine. Dry like a hot eye, I'm all I found life and hurt life was worth life or hurt life. I'm hurt fight, I'm hurt right, that's on sight, I take life, you know that. Plus, 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 cool, cool. But if I, but if I follow, follow my heart, my heart, I lose, I lose. So when they, so when they say I, say I, I made it, I made it. There's proof, there's proof. Then I say, then I say, then they say, then they say, and doubters, I fools, I fools. Follow the leads, baby, follow your heart, oh. Follow the light when they kept us in dark, uh Capture the spark, uh Capture the feeling of living under the stars Never feel who you are I'm often in the places with people I never raw So I'm pretend the sci-fi playing a part I'm never in the flex and just always setting the bar Far across from them who lost I got sauce, oh lord, that boy lost God damn, that boy lost Don't play, I call shots precise I'm on pot, I'm like I'm like, prove to me you're right I call it off, I know they talk a lot But if they talk about me, break me off but if I, but if I follow, follow my heart, my heart, I lose, I lose. So when they, so when they say I, say I, I made it, I made it. There's proof, there's proof. Then I say, then I say, then they say, then they say, and doubters, and doubters, I fools, I fools. Follow the leads, baby. Follow the leads. 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 Follow the days, baby. Follow the days. 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 Plus, 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 Cool, cool. But if I, but if I follow, follow my heart, my heart, I lose, I lose. So when they, so when they say I, say I, I made it, I made it. There's proof, there's proof. Then I say, then I say, then they say, then they say, and doubters, and doubters. Follow the leaves off the album, The Mustard Seed, which again uh, drops today. Why, Kalik? Yeah. That is a completely different song, yeah. stylistic wise, than my jam. And it's, it's really damn good. Thank you.
That is a really, really damn good song. Um, how, I mean, well, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned off air that you had, that you, you worked with a couple of different producers and usually you try to keep it like a lower number, but you worked with more. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that that kind of just shaped the album as a whole is like working with, with more than what you normally work with? Um, I think it brought variety because everybody has something that's different in the beats that's like them. But together, all of them sound good. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what was dope. And what I what I spent a lot of time on. Like I said, I, I went through four different versions of my project. Like I probably recorded like sixty plus songs, and I like xed out all of them. I like canceled them down. So like, I think that was that's dope. Like it was just like they that they vibe. They all like mesh together. You know what I mean? So I think that 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 was dope because I, I didn't go out looking. I didn't go out looking for the beats. How it kind of came was I already had my in-house producer, Ben Reza, and then I already had my other in-house producer, uh, Lena Foley. Lena Foley produced the whole UTP team, my last um, drop that I did. And um, so I was definitely getting beats from them too, like in the studio, like working hand on hand. And then Andre Mariette hit me up like, yo, I want to uh, send you some beats or whatever. So he sent me some beats. And I was like, yo, I got to like do something crazy to this. So then... We I uh, did some to his beats and then um, Rich Lee. I was in a studio. We we shared the same studio, it's in the same building, and I was just in the studio kicking it. And he started playing me some beats, and uh, actually I, was, I walked in on a session and they were playing beats and he went through this beat and it was fire. Nobody else in the room like said anything, and I'm like, yo, can I get that? Like you know what I'm saying? And then like we he sent me that beat and I, I he did another one, but I didn't use it for the album, and then um uh. King Riley, yo, his song came late. He had sent me like, he sent me a pack of beats and he's like, yo, I want to get on your album. So he sent it to me and I'm like, okay, cool. I like, I'm like, I like the beats, but they didn't fit the vibe. They didn't fit like the sound that I was trying to do. And I'm like, yo, I, I mess with them, but they not the sound. So he sent me some more. And then it was like the same thing. Like I mess with them, still not the sound, still don't mess. And like the third time it was one beat out of like four of them. He sent it was like the first beat. And I was like, yo, this got to go on the album. And I did it. So that's how that kind of came. That's how it goes down, right? I mean, it, it's a it's a little bit of combination of just things happen for a good reason, a little bit of luck, right? Yeah, yeah. And just situational, <laughs> like you say, you walk in the room, and that sparks the whole thing. Ultimately, it turns into an album. And I was going to ask you, and you you basically answered it. How many tracks are you sitting on? And you just, you just said sixty plus songs you've recorded over this time span. Mm-hmm. And only twelve end up making it to the mustard seed album. Yeah, I mean, you got <laughs> you got follow leaves. I mean, we just listened to that. I would call that like much more intricate. Yeah, I mean, would you would you agree with me? Yeah, I would. On how how you you have to lyrically match the beats that that's occurring. It's a, I would say more complex than you know, mm-hmm. like my jam. It's it's a standard cadence. Yeah, going I feel like follow the leaves is white colleague definitely. That's, like like my sound, like my style, where it's like. Okay, like that's that's why I click. <clears throat> Man, uh, are you working on live sets right now? You yeah. got any shows? Actually, coming? I do. I got a show um uh, this Saturday, uh, the twenty eighth at first half with Black Delicious. 
I'm not sure who. The, uh, the blacklist. Yeah, yeah. Get hey, out of here. Hey, I'm sorry if I you don't just know. Just told me right now. Yeah. How did I not know? Yeah. Uh, how uh, how am I unaware of Blacklish as being at first half? I mean, okay. Look look at me right now. Can you imagine a, a like a like a 15 year old Aaron? Yeah. Just jamming to Blacklish <laughs> in his room back in the day. For real? That's me. Right? I'm sorry. Like I haven't done my research, but I, I'm not actually like familiar like with with like his <sighs> music like that, boss. But you I got a couple days to, to take a crash yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Crash course. Like, I'm going to be honest. So. That's going to be, be a It show. won't be a bad time. I'll promise you that. It's going to be fun. I'm actually going to play some of the mustard seed. It's going to be fun. So, first Ave main room? Uh, I think it's actually at 7th Street. 7th Street entry? Okay. And tickets are still available, I take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, you listen to this. Go get your tickets. Sell that thing out. I want to listen to So, this is the last track that we're going to debut off the album because yeah. we got to leave some, you know, to be desired yeah we, yeah we can't play the whole album i mean we could and i would love to but yeah. you gotta you gotta go get the album to hear the whole experience there's a reason why i mean we said it at the start so if you're tuning in now uh com, you can go in uh if you if you register buy the album he's gonna sign the first 15 copies personally get you those out in the mail that's a hell of a deal because you know who knows where this thing goes but i have a feeling only place to go is up the last, right. the last track we have to debut tonight on the Howl, Collection Day, and I want to hear that track. Topper, let's let's give it to the people. Drinking, we battling demons, we need to get the MP I just won't pull up and park it in front of a house that I bought to my mama, go cop it This for the times we decided, provided for people who always reside in the data Rapping like I ain't got options, but I ain't had options Since Tyshawn that came home from college I just had family get knowledge and brothers that got me get That always believe what I seen since I was that hooper at Highland So what do that say about my partners? Their visions are great, these niggas played, their office declining 
But like, this running some plays, we get in the monthly assignment. We working on piss in the market with music that timeless. I'm calling on God, I'm calling on God, I'm calling that ask if I'm righteous. Call it the flood, I call it the flood. Don't fuck with the trust, don't fuck with the trust. Don't fuck with the trees, I'm hiding life and y'all looking like rain is a bus. I do what I want, I do what I want. I feel like I'm rust, I feel like I'm rust. I'm feeling the buzz, I'm having a blast, but not giving a f. That was Collection Day once again off the new album, The Mustard Seed, which you can get today. Uh, Whycolleague.com. Yeah. Uh, where else can people listen to your music? Um, anywhere now. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify, Dash iTunes, Radio. Dash Radio. Shout out to Dash Radio. Um, yeah, anywhere now. It's on all platforms. And it's it, all it, over the place. It, yeah, it's going to be on all platforms today. So, uh, that's, that's another, that's another great song. Rob and I were, were chatting about it while it was playing. That's, that's a kind of that like chill hop yeah. kind of vibe to it. It's, it's, but it's, it's still strong. It's still powerful. It's, I don't know. just, it gets you. <laughs> Let me give you a good word. That's the anthem. That song is awesome. I would bump that every day of the week. I, I the definitely believe that that's going to be the anthem off the project. Like I I want to hear what people say on yeah. Twitter, man. Hit us up, MBN Dash Radio on Twitter. Hit Wakalik up too. Tag him. I mean, yeah. Give us give us your uh, your social media, man. You can follow me on any social media. Wakalik W H Y K H A L I Q. Like super it. simple. It is super simple. Beautiful. You know, you know what's not super simple? The mustard seed. <laughs> the concept is complex I'll be honest very complex you. and and the reason why I got a lot, a lot of respect for this man sitting to my left is that uh, you know he came came in a year ago I seen him do his live show I knew he had uh, a special uh, flavor about himself because not only could he you know here's my 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 characteristics of 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 hip hop is you not only have to make good music but you have to be able to perform good music and interact with the crowd he brings in energy on stage um, I know personally he's been honing his craft in the studio because every time I text him, every time I talk to him, every time you <laughs> even see him on Twitter, he's in the studio. Uh, he loves it. And, you know, it's showing in the music that he's producing for us today. This album that's been released today, The Mustard Seed, I hope it truly grows into what you want. To. Man. And I tell you what, go buy the album. Go get the downloads. Go subscribe. Get on com. Get out there, man! Participate yeah. in this man's life because go he's got him. some stuff going on. Go, go see him. Go see him Saturday at First Ave. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday too. Why Wednesday? It's full in effect. Is it? Is it weird that not only do I want to listen to this album, but then you know, don't be mad at me, but I then I'm gonna turn around and say. Give me more. Yeah. When's yeah. the next one out? I, right? I, I already know. I mean, that's what, you know, and I, I feel like that's hard because I remember when I was younger and you listened to your favorite artists, like it was always like a good two, three years sometimes. But time got the next album from somebody. But times change. Times totally have changed. And, 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 and people have to accept that and like grow with it. You know what I mean? Cause like I talk about this with my homies all the time. 
like the tension span out there is so like crazy Dying. like how many people are re- re- releasing songs a day so like we're 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 receiving music all day every day new music so it's like by tomorrow there's already gonna be three or four songs of somebody they're listening to that's new songs out so you got to continue to stay in front of your fans face but also at the same time it also depends on how on how you interact with your fans like you know what i mean like some people have that like brand where they're releasing music all the time and some people can kind of like go away in their shell and they still have their fans waiting patiently waiting and drop and then it's a bomb like it just all depends on how people do their thing like you know what i mean and like with me i feel like i'm blessed because like my 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 core people is like they know that i'm bringing quality so if i do say let's wait 6 months for this project they're going to be like okay there's a reason why he's telling me to wait six months and they'll wait and then they get what they what 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 they get, you know what I mean? Because even I seen that reaction when I did the mustard seed and and the video and when I've waited out nine months and people were like, yo, I would every day see people like, yo, when you dropping your short film, when you dropping your short film, and it's like, man, wait. And they'd be like, oh, but when I dropped it, everybody had appreciation for it because it was like quality, it was great production. So that's all I think it is too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would 1,000% agree with you, man. I I have no disagreements with everything you just said. It's exactly the truth. I mean, you put out quality, you um, you know, plant the mustard seeds, which grow into something special. And the fact that you didn't dilute yourself, I think it gives content out there to people that it's something to demand. And I tell you what, I mean, people are going to bump this album all winter, and I and I it's so. going to it's going to turn to summer, and then they're going to be playing my jam. With the top down in the car, yeah, and that's how it's gonna go. Like, See, my my jam, like like we like. I was thinking about that too. Like, man, yo, my jam is such a summertime, but like it, like my album did fit in the summertime. So it was like it was the perfect like end of the summertime song. Like, yo, we about to like be done with summer, but like we let's like embrace it the last little bit we got of it. Like we gonna squeeze everything out of the summer we can. Hell so, yeah! Everything well, else sounds dope. Rob, Kevin, you got anything else for Kalik while we got him here in studio? I, mean, I think you kind of touched on most of the stuff, but I appreciate the importance you talked about, you know, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. You've got this now society, like you said, everyone wants everything right away, mm-hmm. but the way you do it, everything you put out is just going to be mm-hmm. that much better because mm-hmm. you put that much time into it. And I really appreciate that because I think in today's artist driven, you know, with the internet and the way media Results is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's yep. it's nice to see someone's willing to put the actual time in there so that you have quality. What, what I what I what I kinda before we get out of here, what I kinda notice like um like I, I I like to study a lot of things. And I was watching this uh have y'all seen Founder or something like that on Netflix? What's it, it called? It's called Founder. Founder. If you get a chance, watch I don't it. Think so. What's it about? It's about the guy who found. I mean, like started McDonald's. Oh, I've I've seen the trailer for this. Yeah. So like yeah. basically, like it was two brothers who started McDonald's, and one brother was like really, really precise, like to the point that like they went to a tennis court, like and measured out how big their kitchen should be, and to the point that every move that em- that employee made was efficient to make a burger in, in 90 seconds. Oh, that's good. So when he first started his company, it was small. They were only selling 15-cent um, burgers, but his brother was really big 
on on quality. And there was another guy who came in who's a business guy, and he knew how to like basically take it from being a small business into a franchise. But the brother that was like the the smarts behind it didn't want to do that because he knew if he did that, he would lose the quality control on how fast the burgers yep. would come out, how good the burgers were, how if the burgers were made in the perfect amount of time. So then once the guy basically, long story short, like um jipped him out of business and like basically became the CEO and founder of McDonald's because he knew the business side of it and the other the other two guys didn't have the money <clears throat> but long story short it's like re- referring back to my career it's like I want to be that guy that's like so precise that I care about the quality over the you know what I'm saying over yeah, the quantity you because you hear that in the songs it, it starts mm-hmm. it starts getting like um, watered down and you could tell that like Basically, you could tell that McDonald's went from from real ice cream to fake ice cream because now from going from one store, they have 40,000 stores. And how much is it going to cost to 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 get real ice cream? Instead, they cut costs by buying fake ice cream. Now, bringing it back to, to, to music, I can cut costs by giving y'all half-ass songs or, you know what I'm saying, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, and cut out the quality of it. And it's like, no, I care about the quality too much. I care about the fine details. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yo. The cold stone versus the soft serve. Hey, you feel I me? Mean, right there. Yeah, I, I like do. Steve, that's like Steve Jobs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Steve Jobs. Like he knew that the the demise of Apple or whatever the case may be would be that it would be they would lose quality control. Like, you know what I mean? They're now it's now I get everybody got an iPhone, but how? What's the quality of it of of the material that is being made by? You know what I mean? Every t- like we're breaking chargers and headphones every other five minutes to go buy another forty dollar yep. headphone piece. Like, you know what I mean? That's to make money for the corporation, rather as like the quality of caring about the customer. Let's make a quality charger so your charger lasts you your two years with your warranty instead of you got to come back and buy it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just little things like that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, like, people ask me, like, why do you do stuff for free sometimes? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could charge, like, I could, I could, my, my, I, did, I have a listening session. You know what I mean? I had a listening session yesterday, and basically, <clears throat> I had invited 30 people, only 30 slots. But that's, that, that was sold out in 30 minutes in the case of, like, if I would have charged 10 people, 10 bucks, or whatever the case may be, I could have came up some money. But it's like, I don't care about the money. I care about the quality of it, creating an experience for my people who listen to my music. So when it when I do sell something, they will buy it and they will yep. buy it Fans with appreciation. Life. They'll yep. buy it from a, from a genuine place rather than like me trying to force something down down their yeah, throat. Yeah, build with the fan base. Yeah, that makes sense. Amazing stuff here, man. Again, this is uh the Howl on Nothing But Net Radio. You listen to Dash Radio. We're debuting. Y Khalid's brand new album, The Mustard Seed. Kevin, want to wrap us up on this halftime? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once again, The Mustard Seed released today. You can get it Y Khalid. You can get it SoundCloud. You can get it yep. uh, everywhere. I think, I think you said you're on Spotify, <laughs> everywhere. Dash Radio. You can get it everywhere if you want to listen to it. Uh, we all highly recommend it. And go see him Saturday at First Ave, uh, performing with a legend. And you get to see a high energy hey, precision it's show. Be lit. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for Definitely. coming in, man. Thanks for joining. Really appreciate it. Here, so. We'll uh, we'll have to have you back in for a third visit here. Yeah, soon. You already know we're gonna do it again <laughs> <laughs> when I All come right. with the next one. <laughs> coming up, quarter three is our two K segment. Uh, our 2K all day quarter. We got a tournament. And how did the three of us do in week one of Dynasty? I'll tell you, it wasn't good for two of us. That's coming up, quarter three of the Howl. Quarter three of the Howl. 
Again, a huge thank you to Y Kalik for coming out. You can get the mustard seed now in stores on YKalik.com, Spotify, Dash, everywhere. You need to check out the CD. It's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this is our 2K, uh, 2K All Day segment. We got a bunch of stuff to go through, uh, including a 2K Dynasty that Aaron, Rob, and I started. We've got a 2K Tournament to see who reigns supreme in uh in the NBA world, we did a 2K sim there. And then we did a 2K sim of the Wolves season uh, to see how NBA 2K thinks that the Wolves would do. And that's, that's what we're going to cover in all this. Um, so we're actually going to start with the Wolves season prediction. And it actually has the Wolves guys uh, looking pretty good here as we go through the season. It has the Wolves at 51 and 31. That sounds pretty darn nice. Which is pretty close to my prediction that I made earlier, you know, 52 and 30. So 2K agrees that uh, 50 wins is definitely doable for the Wolves. Uh, It also has Mr. Carl Anthony Towns as second team All-NBA. A very realistic position for him this season. Definitely achievable. He has a lot of tools in the toolbox, and he does them well. So the superlatives for the year, uh, Harden wins MVP, Lonzo Ball, Rookie of the Year, Mike D'Antoni, Coach of the Year, Jeremy Lin, Sixth Man, Buddy Heald, Most Improved, and Andre Drummond with the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Those sound like realistic possibilities, obviously uh, not counting Lin because he is out for the year. Yeah, sad story on Lin. I mean, I feel bad for him. Nobody, you don't never want to see a guy go down with with an injury. Um, hopefully he bounces back a lot of injuries early on this season. Um, you know, Drummond, if he's going to play defense, he's got to give you a max effort because he's not going to get it done shooting free throws, you know, so he's got to come up in some place. I'm just not a fan of his game. I, I, you know, when he first, when he was with Monroe for those first few years, I really felt like that was such a cool tandem. And the second Monroe left, all of a sudden I felt like maybe Drummond was exposed a little bit. I True. just don't. I just don't see him as being that talent. What? Uh, as far as the wolves go here in the simulation, uh, what seed are they? Uh, so the wolves actually get the five seed. So the breakdown goes: Houston, San Antonio, OKC, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State with the six seed, the Clippers, and then Portland. I'm sorry, no chance. New Orleans gets the four seed. Golden State at and Golden six, State with right? the six seed. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. But but New Orleans is lucky to make the playoffs. There's no chance they get a four. I just yeah. don't see it. So this will be interesting. In the East, just for reference, Milwaukee with the one seed, Cleveland with the two. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's not let's not just gloss <laughs> over Milwaukee with the one seed. Yep. Now, now, wait, wait. Now, now, now do they get the one seed? Somehow Jason Kidd's not coach of the year at that stage. What? Yeah, Mike D'Antoni was coach of the year. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. No. <laughs> uh Cleveland the two, Boston the three, Toronto four, Charlotte gets the five, uh Philly with the six, Detroit seven, and Washington eight, which I think seems a little low for me too. Uh, by the way, the asterisk here would obviously be Boston because in yep. this game, Gordon Hayward, we left it in. Part of the reason is we wanted to see kind of in the perfect world scenario more than anything else. All right, so uh, simming through the first round of the playoffs, uh, the Wolves a four zero sweep over New Orleans. Uh, Houston, they don't belong because they don't belong. Yep, uh, Houston beat Portland four three. 
Uh, Golden State takes down OKC, and the Spurs beat the Clippers. So a Wolves-Houston and a Spurs-Golden State matchup uh, to go to the Western Conference Finals. And these are, the honestly, the four teams in the West that I expect to be there uh, at this stage of the season. The Rockets, I mean, right there, you got the MVP based on this season's sim. And a matchup I'm looking forward to seeing this year, we just you know played the Thunder, and we went up against that three-headed monster, fared unbelievably well. We all know how that ended. And I'm looking forward to a James Harden CP3 at the tar- the new Target Center. Think about that game. Yeah. So this is a great matchup. It'd be fun to walk through this. Um, the Wolves looking good. And then in the East, uh, Charlotte beat uh, Toronto. Washington upset Milwaukee. Cleveland and Boston both uh, beat their respective Hornets. That's a games. surprise for yeah, me. It is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Kemba Walker fan, but that still seems unlikely. I always like the Hornets teams. You know, their makeup. They just need a couple, couple bumps to get over there. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the next round, uh, the Wolves Rockets goes to seven games. But sorry, Wolves fans. And the we Rockets, the lead too. We the Rockets the lead. take it in seven. Uh, the final game going 127-116. Take a look. Were there any injuries? Uh, we like we can take a look. It doesn't look like it uh, for the Wolves. Yeah, I mean, everybody looks like... I mean, Wiggins played 32 minutes. Uh, Teague, 27. Towns, 36. Butler, 35. Well, the only thing I'll say is... Wiggins uh, just had a bad night. I don't think Aaron Brooks is playing 16 minutes a night for us, but I, think I could be wrong. Shabazz went 0 for 8. <laughs> with two turnovers. Well, see, we know this That's game. That's probably what happened. Come on now. How are we going to win when our best player is not getting points? And Towns, <laughs> Towns went 5 of 14. Wiggins only shot the ball once, it looks. Or no, went 2 of 6, sorry. Um, so, I mean, this this Kind of some outliers. Yeah. Um, James Harden, 33 points, 10 assists. Chris Paul, 32 Harden and 11 rebounds. steals and a block. That's very uncharacteristic. You know what? You know, Towns finished second All-NBA, and it really brings up the point of, I mean, where's the ceiling for this kid? I mean, he's 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 a young man, and I think he could be a first-team All-NBA. I mean, it really begs the question of, you know, who's up there in that top three echelon uh, with him? Yeah. And if he plays how the season started, I mean, he's off to a great start, I would say. It, we all expect great things from him. The offense is gelling pretty good, so big things on the horizon for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Uh, so then, moving through, it's uh, Golden State versus Houston and Washington versus Cleveland. Uh, Washington wins in seven. Golden State wins in seven, and then Golden State beats Washington in five. Uh, so the Wolves finish uh, fifty-one and thirty-one, uh, fifth in the conference, and lose in the second round to Houston. In game seven, uh, guys, do you think this is a realistic possibility for the Wolves? I mean, we all kind of talk about where we expect to see the Wolves in the playoffs. Is a five seed realistic? Do you guys think? I think most people think four or five seed. Yeah, I think that's very fair. You're going to have probably fifty plus wins or right around fifty wins, and I think you're going to have a four or five seed. And the goal would be. Granted, we haven't been in the playoffs in 13 years, but I think in this season, given how good the Wolves 
probably are and probably will be, I think not only is the goal probably to make the playoffs, I think is to win a series, especially if you're a four or five seed and you're taking on, you know, a five, six seed, whether that's a team like the Jazz or like the Nuggets, something like that. I think those are teams that you're probably going to be matched up against and you got to find a way to win. I completely agree with that. The The framework of, of the offense and you know the expectation on the defensive end, um, 51, 52, you know, it's all going to boil down to winning these games at the end. You've seen the game against the Jazz, clutch three, Thunder, clutch performances down the end. That closeout ability, um, I haven't seen in a long time from this team. And I expect, you know, better execution as the season goes on. It's a lot to look forward to. All right. Well, uh, so last week uh, on our uh, our free time, if you will, uh, we decided to do an NBA 2K18 uh, fantasy draft dynasty. Uh, we were given three numbers chosen at random between one and thirty, and those team number or those numbers coincided with the team that we would be getting, um, and we would just basically be getting the team name and the coaching staff as we did a a fantasy basketball draft. Uh, so Aaron got the San Antonio Spurs. So Greg Popovich and company. Uh, Rob, you got the Phoenix Suns, and I got the Utah Jazz. Uh, so. We'll quickly go over our rosters, um, and then once we do that, uh, Rob and I simmed through the first week of the season before you got here, Aaron. And Thank so you. we'll go over kind of some of the some of what we found throughout that first week. Um, so first off, my Utah Jazz, uh, my starting five is Ricky Rubio, JJ Redick, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Taj Gibson, and Stephen Adams. Uh, that that's is an a impressive starting five. That's a good starting five. I'm yes. happy with it. Uh, off my bench, I got Jamal Crawford, Bobby Portis, uh, my boy Boban Marjanovic, which if you listen to this, you know just how much I freaking love Boban Marjanovic. Uh, Kent Bazemore, Frank Jackson, Mirza Toledovic, Omri Caspi, Jared Bayless, and the man that I do not talk about, Wesley Johnson. Wes Johnson. Yes. That was a, I got rushed at the last uh, last second to pick somebody, and it ended up being That's Wesley Johnson. That's what Wolves felt like on draft day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> ah, Wes uh, Johnson. Very, very happy with my squad. Um, we'll, we'll see how the season goes. Uh, Aaron, why don't yes. you run down your, uh, your team here? Well, luckily, I have the highest bankroll in all of NBA's history. Very close I, to $200 million. A $200 million super team. They got to get the job done. They're under pop supervision. Mike Conley is leading the charge at point guard. I had to get some shooting, cheap value. Wes Matthews, I don't know about him. But Danilo, he's got to stay healthy. 81. Abaca, I was trying to get some 3 and D. Got that, and I got my defensive stopper here, Rudy Gobert. I like my bench, though, man. I got three-point power forward, Brian Anderson coming out. Patty Mills, he's going to be running that second unit. And I got some toughness in P.J. Tucker. Uh, Aaron, you actually have more on your squad. Yeah, but I, th- those are the guys that count. Uh, so Aaron also has Kyle O'Quinn, yep. J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, Iman Shumpert. A lot of shooting guards on the bench. Nemanja Bialica. That's my shooting guard bias, Rob. And then his uh, his reserve is the one and only Matt Barnes. 
you know, you got to have some presence, right? So, I mean, if he could stop Colby, he's good enough to be on my basketball team. Up next, the hot topic. Uh, Rob Hess and the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, this is going to be... Literally the hot topic. This is literally going to be the best of the three teams, obviously. Eric Bledsoe, running point. Jimmy Butler, shooting guard. Jay Crowder, you get your defense, small forward. Uh, Miritich at power forward. And Robin Lopez, center. I heard he's not much of a team guy, Rob. He's he's good good on my team. Uh, Taya Dosich is my backup, so he's I've got injured. good point guard he depth. Count. Derek Favors, solid power forward. Hey, he looked good the other night. Gorgie Jang, you know, he can play the four, he can play the five. Uh, he's not starting off great in real life, but in the game, we'll take him. Uh, Cephalosha, he, he's great a solid guy. Player. He can hit the three, he can yep. play some defense. Richard Jefferson, you know, I definitely, part of the theme for my team was going with solid veterans. Uh, start to round it out, Channing Fry, Sergio Rodriguez for some point guard depth. Dante Cunningham and Jonathan Simmons. So Gosh, that's my like favorite pick. Quality, of the whole draft absolute right quality. I mean, you can't beat it. All right, so you think your team's going to be the best? Obviously, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be the best. Let's, uh, Kevin, uh, give us a rundown uh, of what we kind of went over earlier when yeah. we did the simulations. What's, what's on the line right now, though? Well, a lot of pride. A lot of pride. I mean, I don't. I honestly, as long as I take at least second place and Aaron finishes last, I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'm standard, standard protocol. Standard protocol. Um, okay. So before we started, uh, we looked at the preseason power rankings. Uh, so I was ranked 13th in the preseason power rankings, uh, the Utah Jazz. Rob was rated 12th in the preseason power rankings. And Aaron, the San Antonio Spurs were rated 3rd. In the preseason power rankings. Big expectations. Unfortunately for Aaron, Hold the on. game is not played on paper. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, so let's let's do this real quick. Team predictions. Aaron, where do you where do you see yourself this season with your San Antonio Spurs NBA two K fantasy <laughs> dynasty draft? Well, expecting big things from the team, really. Uh I would say sixty wins is is sort of the expectation. Second seed in the Western Conference. All right, Rob. Well, that's not going to happen. But uh, I think does Rob already know. I think my team. Yeah, he does. If, oh, I think my team's probably going to be somewhere. Sabotage me. I, I'm guessing I'm going to be somewhere kind of like the Wolves. You know, 50 to 55 wins is probably my ceiling. You know, probably a little less than that's probably what's going to happen. And I think you know, three, four, five seeds somewhere in there. He just boxed it in within like five. That's. Cool. I think I would be happy with a playoff berth. Um. I like my team a lot. I've got a I've got a really strong team, and I think just uh, growth year over year and making the playoffs this year is ideal. Um, so the first week of games, uh, I had five games. Rob had five games. Aaron had four. Uh, so we'll start with me. I actually went one and four on the week. I had losses to the Nuggets, the Wolves, OKC, and Rob's Phoenix Suns. Uh, my only win of the week, I beat the Clippers by eighteen points. So, you know, I wonder who's on their team up, up and down. Um, not super happy with that, but takes a little bit for the team to gel. Yep. Got to get some chemistry. Uh, Rob, on the other hand, went four and one, uh, beating Portland, the Lakers, the Kings and me. Uh, but he lost to the Clippers by 10. How does that work? Like your one win was against the Clippers. My one loss right? was to the Clippers. It's goofy. And then. Aaron Groshan. What happened? How did you think you did this week? Rob and I know this is just so much fun Probably for me. Probably one and three. Probably one and three. You Since did go one and three. 
How did the number three ranked team go one? You got blown out by the Wolves, blown out by the Bulls, and uh, lost very close to the Heat, and then you beat the Raptors by 10. They all must be championship quality teams. (laughs) So after first week power rankings. I must have sank like a stone. uh, So uh, Rob actually went up two spots from number 12 to number 10. I dropped 12 spots to 25. (laughs) But I was not the lowest on the list. <laughs> what? Aaron Groshong, ladies and gentlemen, dropped 25 spots to number 28 on the power ranking list. It was not your week. Oh, I it just. If that's not a reversal. <laughs> I think we know who's not going to win executive. Of the year. Yeah, exactly. My super team, my $200 million super pony is dying. Come on. Resuscitate. Oh, that just, it makes me. So happy to see that. All right. Um, so we'll uh, we'll run this through. Um, we made an agreement that if a trade is presented to us, we okay. can uh, accept or counter off of that, but we can't make trades just off of our own. Mm-hmm. Has to be presented to us, and then we can counter or accept or what have you. Yeah. So it's more based on who we drafted and yep. that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, so the other uh, the other thing we have is a 2K best of tournament. Uh, Rob, can you pull it up on your computer? I'm still having issues with mine. Um, so what we did is we took a bracket of uh, basically every NBA team, ranked them, and then put them all head to head to see exactly who the best in the NBA is, even though a lot of people think they already know that answer. You may be surprised. Um so we started with the Rockets Suns, uh, which was four uh, one in favor of the Rockets. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these early round matchups went exactly as you anticipated. So I'll just run over them quick. Spurs beat the Bulls. That was a little bit closer than it should have been four three. Warriors beat the Knicks. Cavs killed the Hawks. Wizards over the Nets. Uh, Raptors over Philly. I think that would be a really good matchup to see uh, come playoff time, don't you, Aaron? It's like the young meets the old, you know, it's like the young and the restless here. I mean, the Sixers got a lot of pizzazz on the team. They got to just button up the execution, quality of their play, you know, if they really want to make some impacts. But they have some quality players. Um, Hopefully that all fold into their own. It'd be an interesting matchup, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, OKC beat the Pacers. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks over the Mavs. Clippers over Lakers. Wolves beat the Kings, Jazz over Hornets, Blazers over Magic. Uh, Denver over the Pelicans was a little bit of a surprise. Heat over the Grizzlies, I think, was a big surprise for me. What happens to Jonathan Simmons, though? Ask yourself that. Where He's, does he come in the mix? In in Orlando. Does he win any awards? I don't think he wins awards, but... You don't think he'll get an opportunity enough? I, I love the pairing of him and Jonathan Isaac together. And then you got a guy like Aaron Gordon. I mean, that that Magic team is going to be pesky. And in a more, I guess, more weaker Eastern Conference, I don't want to call it more competitive because the West is more competitive. But in, in a weaker Eastern Conference, the Magic could sneak in with like a six seed. Oof, I don't think so. They're bad. That's a rebuilding team. They're plain and simple, I think. You know, I think the... Biggest aspect for them is whether or not Alfred Payton can have a good season and really take a step up. 
He's a solid player, but they need him to be great. He's been in the NBA long enough. The the tier of guards that is out there, I mean, he's got to go up against John Wall, Kyrie Irving's now, you know, he's playing top flight point guards. He's got to take it to the next level. I think this is a major year for him. And whether or not that equals him being a trusted guy, they're going to keep on the team, right? Because Mm -hmm. as Rob said, you know, hey, they very likely are reshaping some things because they don't have a good fit. You know, maybe he's not that guy right now that might need to be moved, right? Yeah. If it isn't, you know, he's a quality asset. I think he's somebody that has pressure of being on the trading block a little. But. Um, and then uh, the Celtics beat the uh, the Pistons 4-3 to three to wrap up the first round of the tournament bracket. So. Nothing super, super uh, surprising really there uh, with the exception uh, uh, of the Nuggets and the Heat. Uh, Then moving through, second round, uh, Spurs over the Celtics, uh, 4-2. Warriors swept the Heat. Cavs swept the Nuggets. Blazers swept the Wizards, which I think uh, that's completely false. I think that would actually turn into a pretty darn good series. Yep. OKC beat the Wolves in seven games when Jimmy Butler hurt himself in game seven. Yep, he got a back injury. Yep, back strain, go figure. Uh, Raptors beat the Jazz, Bucks beat the Clippers, and Rockets beat the Suns. Again, no huge surprises. Not yeah, not too much. Although I will say, 2K really seems to like the Bucks. In a lot of simulations, they they're very high on them. So we'll yep. see if that actually transfers over to the you know to the real season. Yeah, I mean, look at our look at our wolf simulation. I think weren't the the Bucks the one seed in that? They were. I mean, at least somebody's high on the Bucks. Um, Spurs beat the Bucks four to three. Uh, Warriors over Houston, OKC over the Cavs, and Raptors over Portland. So our final four teams: Spurs, Warriors, OKC, and Toronto. Uh, moving into those final four matchups, OKC beat the Spurs four to two, and the Raptors beat the Warriors in a seven game series four to three. If that you know a great simulation, to be honest with you, I mean interesting matchups. You know the upset there's the Raptors. I don't know if they have what it takes, but it'd be it'd be fun to watch. I mean DeRozan can really put it up. He's just gotta. You got to see more of him and Lowry meshing. The problem you run into yep. if in a snare like this is this is the playoffs and playoff Kyle Lowry. You needed him to be able to actually show up, and that's not always the case. And he won't have an easy matchup if he has to guard, you know, nope. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Well, now you're talking about you know here we are in the championship game of this bracket, and it's Raptors OKC. That's I mean, to me, on paper, it'd be tough for the Raptors to compete. I think in that in that in that matchup. The Thunder are going to give people matchup nightmares all season long, and except only, for the Wolves, apparently. You know, it was a heck of a game. Those, you know, you could play that game ten times. It might be five five. Right yeah, now. yeah, no, very true. But that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They're both very, very deep teams. I mean, the Wolves bench is so much improved. I mean, Belly is off to a fantastic start this season. I just can't get over how impressed I've been with his play, and you know. The Thunder, I think, is a great divisional opponent. So how does it uh, how does it uh, end up, Kevin? Exactly like you think. Uh, OKC over the Raptors, four to one. So in this nice simulation, OKC over everybody. Yeah, I think that's 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 pretty fair. I think it it's something that we could definitely see. And as as 
Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo go through the season, I think that team is going to be a lot more deadly than early on. Mm-hmm. Great. I definitely do. Uh, coming up is quarter four. It's our Howell Hardwood history and can Kevin Cousy. Our focus on Howell Hardwood history is the best player to ever wear number 26. Aaron has more info on him. First, this is Do Re Mi by Black Bear. Coming up, quarter four of the Howl. If I could go back to that day we met, I probably would just stay in bed. You run your mouth all over town, and this one goes out to the sound of breaking glass on my Range Rover. Pay me back, good bitch, it's over. All the presents I would send, fuck my friends behind my shoulder. Next time I'ma stay asleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Uh. And you got me thinking lately, bitch, you crazy. And nothing's ever good enough. I wrote a little song for you. It go like, oh, break me for so fucking done with you, girl. So fucking done with all the games you play. I ain't no tick tack Save the X and O's on another note. I'm don't break me for so fucking done. If I could go back to that day we met, I probably would have stayed in bed. You wake up every day and make me feel like I'm incompetent. Designer shoes is annex tabs, compliments your makeup bag. You never had to buy yourself a drink, cause everybody want to tap that ass. And you got me thinking lately, bitch, you crazy. And nothing's ever good enough. I wrote a little song for you, it go like, oh, break me for so fucking four of the Howell. As always, we start off this quarter with the Howell Hardwood history, and Aaron brings us 
a a name that is going to definitely be under your radar. But Aaron, people need to know about this week's Howell Hardwood history, and that's Buddy Jeanette. Aaron, why do they need to know about Buddy Jeanette? Well, first off, this is an amazing story, uh, one of which I didn't know about before doing the research of the show. Buddy Jeanette, Harry Edward Buddy Jeanette, born 1917, September 15th, lived until March 11th, 1998, was a basketball player, and coach. Now, let me tell you some cool facts about Buddy Jeanette. He's widely regarded as a premier backcourt backcourt player from 1938 to 1948. Basically, that era's Russell Westbrook, if you can imagine that. Now, here's some local ties. You know, We're recording this show in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. He was a basketball player for the NBL's Sheboygan Redskins in 1943. He ended up playing in 1944-45 for the Fort Wayne Pistons. Jeanette won a title in the American Basketball League's Baltimore Bullets in 1947. This is a guy's career. Now, try to understand this. That started in 1938 as a player, ended in 1970 as a coach. A 42-year basketball career from one Buddy Jeanette. Now, most of his playing career came prior to the formation of what you all know as the modern National Basketball Association, the NBA. However, Jeanette did serve three years as a player and coach for the Baltimore Bullets of the BAA, the Basketball Association of America. In the 1948 BAA playoffs, he became the first player coach to win a professional championship. A first. Now, Buddy Gillette is wildly renowned for being the best player to don the jersey number 26. One of my favorite numbers, considering my birthday is on the 26th of the month. Now, let's back up a second. <clears throat> then, Buddy Gillette became the head coach of Georgetown University for four seasons. This is a national prestigious university. He's the head coach. And goes on leading the team to an appearance in the 1953 NIT tournament, the National Invitation Tournament. Many of you know this uh, locally if you're from Minnesota because the Gophers have played in the tournament many times. Uh, the tournament is actually um, dropped in ranks. It used to be a wildly renowned and um, heralded tournament. Not so much anymore because the NCAA National Basketball Tournament is the go-to event. Anyways, let's talk about when Jeanette returned to coaching in the NBA to lead the modern Baltimore Bullets twice, once for a full season and once as an interim coach. And then he later would go on to coach the ABA team, the Pittsburgh Pipers. Probably one of the coolest names in all basketball, his first year playing was with the Cleveland White Horses. Now, this is a team so rare, there's basically almost no information on them. You should try and go look it up yourself. If you can find something, let us know, tweet us, at the Howl, or on the Dash Radio channel, Nothing But Net, N-B-N, Dash Radio, on Twitter. Let us know what you think. The key to Buddy Jeanette's career is in 1994, this is a couple years before he passes, he's enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and Jeanette attended the Washington and Jefferson uh, College in Washington, Pennsylvania. These are some highlights of his career. Overall, statistically speaking, you're not looking at a player that's going to stand out to you. But this is a guy that averaged 
you know, seven points over his career, two assists, nothing major in that category. Let's look at his coaching career. Again, not too impressive overall, a 106 and 136 head coaching career from 1947 to 1951. Georgetown Hoyas, he goes 49-49, he's 500 coach. But the key is, he has made significant strides in the history of the NBA, ABA, and all other platforms of the Basketball Association around the country. And Buddy Jeanette is this week's Howell Hardwood history player. All right, Buddy Jeanette, thank you for that, Aaron. And now it is time for Can Kevin Cousy. Now, last week, Rob took home the first victory of season three, uh, beating Aaron, as I had uh, had written the clues. Uh, this time, Rob has written the clues, and it is myself against Aaron, as both Aaron and I look for our first wins of the young season. Now, for those that don't know how to play, uh, pretty straightforward. Rob has a list of players, uh, five clues per player. Each one is easier than the last in theory. Uh, if Aaron or I think we know the player, we will go ahead and uh, use our name as our buzzer. And if you're right, you get a point. If you're wrong, you're out for the remainder of that player. Uh, whoever has the highest score at the end wins. Pretty straightforward. Uh, Rob, Take it away. Or do we have any uh, any themes or bonus points or anything tonight? Of course. So there's a general theme and there's a more specific theme. Each are worth three points. So you've got some potential for bonuses this week. All right. All right. The first one. A trophy is named after him and given to the outstanding men's, bas- men's college basketball player. Born in Charlotte, Tennessee. He is not a grouch. Part of his name is my name. Kevin. Kevin. Oscar Robertson. Oscar Robertson's correct. Mm. Off to the early lead. Uh, Second one. Hip-hop post. NBA champ with the Sixers in 83, a 6'10 center. Six-time rebounding leader, 12-time All-Star, last played in the NBA in 1995 with the Spurs. Aaron. Aaron. Moses Malone. Moses Malone. Were you going with the Post Malone reference there? Yep. Yep. Yeah, kind of like we did in the past. I like that first sense. one. It makes sense. Post Malone. Man, yeah. that's, that's crafty. But the first one is always kind of, you could get it if you really think. Okay. All right, next one. Which I don't like to do. Yeah, you don't want to overthink it, Aaron. You're not good at it. All right. One of his nicknames is just two letters. The crossover step over. Here's Aaron. Aaron. AI Allen Iverson. Yep. That's correct. That happened over Tyron Lou in did. the NBA Finals. Cavs coach. All right, next one. Dolph. 12 time All Star and 12 time All NBA selection. NBA champion with the Nationals in 1955. The answer is in the clues. Shays. That's it? Yeah. Aaron. Aaron. Dolph. Aldrich's. No, incorrect. Again, I said the answer was in the clues. I never said the word Aldrich's. 
Kevin. Kevin. Dolph Shays. Dolph Shays is correct. I'm so mad at myself. How did I even come up with that word? I don't know. You just like randomly threw out a name. Uh, Not not even one that's like popular. All right. Number five. One of his nicknames is just two letters. A key injury to his point guard cost him his first chance at a championship in 04. Aaron. Aaron. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. What are we at? What's the scoring update? Uh, it's 3-2 Aaron right now. 3-2 Aaron. Should be 7 nothing. me, but whatever. Well, we've only had five clues. So. Yeah, I don't know how that <laughs> I don't know work. how that math works. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> William the Terrier. Kevin. Kevin. Bill Russell. Bill Russell's correct. Uh, you know, it's so strange when you wink at him and you, you do that thing under the table, but it's whatever. <laughs> Don't be jealous of our thing under the table. Oh. All right. Number seven. Not Rose. All-time leading Division One scorer with 3,667 points or an average of 44.2 points per game. He's known for his passing. Aaron. Aaron. Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete Maravich, him. Yeah. What was the Rose hint there? Not Pete Rose. Ah, uh, oh. there we go. I was there thinking something with Derek. Yep, right? yeah, yeah, there's not like a like a Derek well-known. Favors, maybe. There's not like a well known. Oh yeah, Pete. Derek Favors know. is right up there with the top scorers of all time. All right. Number eight. Not beef. Recently retired. His final game, he led an amazing comeback and single-handedly won. Kevin. Kevin. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Wow. It's a pretty good matchup so far. Number nine, Appetite. LSU for college. Second overall pick in 1954 by the Hawks, a six foot nine power forward center. Him for apples. Aaron. Kevin. Kevin. Bob Cousy. Incorrect. Aaron. Aaron. Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit. Yeah. And by the way, for the record, I buzzed in first. If you would have given him that answer, I wanted him to. I knew there, I would have probably thrown the mic. I knew we didn't have it. Oh hush! I yeah, I could have thrown it. it. I beat I you to like it. I felt like it just even though Get I know I got here. it right. I I felt the twitch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Can I guess at the theme? You can. You do the nickname first. No, incorrect. What is the theme, Rob? I'm not. I can't tell you <laughs> the theme. I like the. I like the effort. I oh, like man. the effort. Did I just snort? Oh my goodness! It's probably. All right. Yeah. All right, number number ten, Disney. Kevin, Aaron. Uh, Kevin, Walt Frazier, Walt Frazier. He Come was, on, he was definitely first. Come on. No, check yes. check with the no. Okay, yeah, no. Let's audio. let's check with Topper because Topper will show that I was first as well. I knew I beat you. Yep. Yep. Get out of here, Aaron. He says Aaron. you're lying, so I don't know what the problem is. All right, number eleven, no relation to a previous player. Hmm. There is an R in his first name, despite how some people pronounce it. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2010, he was a power forward. The best player to ever work for the post office. Aaron. Aaron. Five. Carl Malone. Yep. Ugh. Or Carl Malone. 
But it was kind of throwing me off. I'm like, whose name is like that? Yep. According to uh, Jimmy Kimmel, anyway. Yeah. Okay, theme, theme guess, theme guess. Sure. All these players in the NBA Hall of Fame. That might be the case, and I'm 90% sure it is, but no. That's, you know, that's just wrong, to be honest with you. You're right. It was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that, Aaron. All right, number 12. Very close to a recent player. He is associated with Houston. 10-time All-Star and 11-time All-NBA. 16th overall pick by the Jazz and 84 out of Gonzaga. J.S. Five. Aaron. Aaron. John Stockton. John Stockton. Yep. His middle name is Houston, by the way. Which seriously threw me off. That's I'm like, the point. That's the point. Tied of Houston. That's the point. All right, next one. Not straight up. His middle name is Norman. Seven foot one center drafted by the Warriors. There's a famous photo where he's holding up a piece of paper with a three-digit Aaron. number. Aaron. Five, four, Will three. Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain is correct. Let's get a, a scoring update. It's called Aaron Eight a to lot. five. Kevin, not All so right. much. Eight to five. But it, what's going to happen in the end is, as usual, Kevin's going to get some bonus points. Fold up like a lawn chair. <laughs> All right, 14. Academy Award. NBA champ with the Bucks in 1971. His number 14 was retired by the Kings, even though he never played for the Kings. Oh, that's so strange. Six foot five point guard, college at Cincinnati. Aaron. Aaron. Five, four, three. Oscar Robertson. That is correct. Didn't we already do him? We did. See, you know, that's another thing that just threw me off. <laughs> but whatever. One of many, right, Rob? Right. 15. Shallow Jack Black. A six foot two guard out of Marshall drafted 13th overall. Played his entire career with the same franchise. Greer. Kevin. Kevin. Hal Greer. Hal Greer. No shallow Hal fans here? No, that's, that's what I, well, that's, <laughs> I got the first name. I just. Nice job, Kevin. That's, that's out of his wheelhouse, I'd imagine. That was solid. Whenever he reaches out of his wheelhouse, he takes a point away from me. And we all appreciate that. <laughs> all right, 16. You don't wear him around your neck. Six foot ten center. His number was retired by both the Bucks and the Pistons. Averaged a double double over his career, which spanned from nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty four. Saint Bonaventure for college. He was the first overall pick in nineteen seventy. Lob Banier. Aaron. Aaron. Bob Lanier. Yep. Wow. Again, I was hoping for the lanyard reference. I thought someone would catch up. It's all right. I'm a little slow I give you guys too much here. credit. You know. It's my fault. All right, 17. I will take the bill. Aaron loves to say this guy's name in shot clock a lot. Hondo. Eight-time NBA champion, all with the Celtics. Aaron. Aaron. Bill Russell. Incorrect. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Come on. J.H. Kevin doesn't know. Five, four, three, two, one, and... So it's just a dead... I can can buzz in? Kevin? No. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong on the... uh, Just say something. Nope. Say it. Say it. I mean, buzzed in, so you have to say something. You can count me down. Okay. Five, four, Kevin's like, I'll just jump off. one. Aaron knows. Aaron. Aaron. John Havlicek. John Havlicek. What's the score? Did you get the first hint? Yes. I will take the bill. Good job. Good job. What's the, what's the scoring update? 17 to 4. 11 to 4. 6. 11 to 6. 11 See, to bonus six. points will still get you there. How many is the bonus points worth? Uh, three apiece. Remember, one's general, one's more specific. All right, number 18. Moo. Had numbers 36 and 18 in his career. Played for the Celtics and the Bucks from 1970 to 1983. Cohen's. D-A-V-E. Aaron. Aaron. Dave Cohen's. Dave Cohen's is Theme correct. guess. Sure. NBA's greatest 50 players of all time. No. Nope. Snickerdoodles. It's a good guess, though. Right? That's what I was kind of thinking. All right, number 19. How many good guesses can one guy have? And then just you just keep, you know. It's never I mean, how me. good could they be when they're wrong each time? Well, that, you know, that's a good argument, Rob. <laughs> All right, 19. What you talking about? Him, a book. Kevin? Kevin. Willis Reed? Willis Reed. Oh. <laughs> All right, Kev, give us a scoring update. Uh, so it is currently 7 to 12. Uh, Aaron is leading. All right. Can I? No, uh, I'm gonna wait actually to take a guess at this. I'm gonna wait till the end. All right. Wow, you're gonna try and do that to me. Well, thank you, Kevin. Yep. Yep. You're right. so gracious. All right, number twenty. Not Glenn Ross. Kevin. Kevin. Glenn Rice. No. Thank Rice. you. All right. He is a Dwayne. Hmm. His son just signed a two-way contract with the Bucks. Hmm. His nickname would help you in winter or playing bat- baseball. Aaron has a no idea. I, I have no clue. The glove. Oh, Aaron. Aaron. Gary Payton. Gary. Yep, Gary Payton. All right, next one, 21. He is not Christmas tiny. Aaron. Aaron. Tiny Archibald. No. Oh, there you go, Kevin. Vulture in. <laughs> Thank T- you. TTD played his whole career with the Spurs. Oh man! Arguably the greatest power forward of all time. Timothy, Kevin, Kevin, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan. Well, thank you. You made it easy on him, man. I was like, "There's no way he can ruin this." All right, score twelve. What six? Uh, eight thirteen. Eight thirteen. Yeah. Seventeen to four. Good. Let's go. <laughs> all right, uh, twenty-two. He is not a college in Texas. First overall pick by the Lakers. Six foot five, small forward, Idaho and Seattle for college. Played 1958 to 1972, all with the Lakers, an 11 time All Star. E.B. 
Five, four, three, two, one. Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Kevin knows what Aaron, you don't know it. Well, hold on a second. Let me think about it. For five a seconds. Five, okay. four, three, two, one. Aaron. No, you're, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Kevin. You're done. Kevin. You don't know it either. I bought you like 20 seconds, Kev. Come on. I don't on, know how man. you guys don't know this. It should be super obvious. Texas. Counting you down, Kevin. Five, four, three, two, one. Elgin Baylor. Oh. As soon as you said EB, for whatever reason, my brain went right to Earl Boinkins, and I couldn't let it go. And you I didn't say it. You could have at least guessed. Oh, yeah. Earl Boinkins. That would have been the answer. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was better guess than nothing. Jeez. All right. All right. Number 23. He is not the star of the movie Creed. He is the star of Space Jam. That's it. Aaron. That's, that's all you get. Aaron. Aaron. Michael Jordan. That's correct. <laughs> God damn it. I thought you'd get it with Creed. Oh, I get it now. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Nice job. That was a, that was a good hand. One I never would have guessed. It was the Space Jam that did it. All and right, 24. He does not sing Johnny Be Good. His sons are also famous basketball players, but not as famous. Drafted second overall to the Warriors in 65 out of Miami, Florida. Had the numbers 2, 4, and 24. R.B. Kevin? Kevin. Robert Barry? Nope. Incorrect. Count you down. Count you down, Aaron. Five. This is so four, tough. I don't know three, what to do right now. Two, one. Aaron. No, that's too late. Come on. You don't know the answer. The answer is Rick Barry. Rick Barry. Chuck Barry was Johnny V. Good. I know. God. That's impressive. I'm impressed you knew that because I had no idea. All right, 25. If you change a letter in his initials slash nickname, he is the comic universe with Batman. Say what again? He is somehow still in the league and contributing, not just riding the bench. Six foot six wing out of North Carolina, the fifth pick by the Warriors. His career was insane. VC. Kevin. Kevin. Vince Carter. No, Carter. it was not him. It was him. Topper. It was him. See, was, to- Topper's sleeping. I think you fell asleep over there. <laughs> no. I can't even see him. Where did you? What did you guys do with him? He just feels bad because he tell has to me. tell you wrong all the time, Aaron. I buzzed in first. Good luck. All right, number twenty-six. Last coach for the Pittsburgh Pipers in nineteen seventy. Come on, Kevin. You know Washington you know. and Jefferson for college played his first season for the Cleveland White Horses in nineteen thirty-eight. Kevin. Aaron. Kevin. <laughs> Buddy Jeanette. Buddy Jeanette. <laughs> I buzzed in again. What's going on? Just because he's closer to you. No, you, you never beat me. It's no. the mic cord situation not... all over oh, again. Oh, shut up. The, yeah. last, the last clue was, were you paying attention during how Harvard history? <laughs> Just because I have a longer mic cable doesn't right. mean that Kevin should benefit from a shorter mic cable. Kevin, can I guess the theme? Sure. So the number of the clue was their jersey number? That's correct. Oh my God. That's the general clue. Is it so the there's still a points? specific one. Yeah, Come three on. points. All right. So, so we'll give us a scoring update. It's 13 to 14 now. Who? You. After all that junk, you're still losing. That's amazing. All right. 27. The original JT. His real name is John Kennedy. 
Six foot six, small forward, drafted by the Royals out of Cincinnati. Six time All Star, two time All NBA second team, and his number 27 was retired by the Kings. J A C K T W Y M A N. Kevin. Kevin. Jack Twyman. Yep, Jack Twyman. That's a tie game. I, in depression, I, I I'm I'm bummed right now. I'm like like in the corner over here. Just you can just throw it a guess when I say the the. We know, started the up the game and, and uh, what? I'm just losing. That's all right. Okay. All right well, we're 20. tied now. You're not losing. I feel like I'm yeah. losing. Number twenty eight. He is not a large structure where kings live. Known for his big balls. Aaron. Aaron. Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. Wow. Two left. It's close. Oh, I'm sure Kevin will get the theme no matter what. Let's hope so. He'll wink at him enough. I want you to lose, Aaron. All right, 29. A blocking MC. Last played for the Knicks in 2013. A 6'11 center. Defensive player of the year in 2007. UMass for college. Drafted second overall by the Raptors in 96. Aaron. Aaron. Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby. So that puts uh, Aaron up by two, does it not? It does. Yes, it does. All right, so you need the clue. You need the hint to win. All right, number 30. He did not live in a castle. Six foot seven small forward, Tennessee for college, drafted seventh overall by the Nets in 77. Played until 93, began and ended his career with the Nets, playing for others in between. Aaron. Aaron. Sam Mitchell. Incorrect. There you go, Kevin. His younger brother, Albert King, played in the NBA also. Kevin's not going to get this one. Bernard. Kevin. Kevin. Bernard King. Yep. Ah. Okay. So it's so a one-point can- game. Remember, you, you can each take one guess at the, at the final bonus. All right. Kevin can go first. Remember, it's a more specific version of Kevin's already correct answer. All right, Kevin. You got. Uh, I'll count you down, uh, Kevin, from five. Five, four, three. All right, so two. I got it. All right. Uh, so they all had multiple numbers, but this was the number they were most well known for. Incorrect. Can I Any guess? Get? Yeah. He doesn't get a retry, does he? Nope. Nope. Just right. one. Thank you. So you won, but you yes. can you can Thank add you. on some extras. Um, it is their specific jersey number. Through the list, so one through thirty. No, that's what that was. What he already. Okay, guessed. good. Well, then I don't know. So these are considered the best player at that number in the oh, history of really? the NBA. Interesting. I thought you might get it because because oh. of the- Buddy was twenty six, and we had said that that was part of the reason makes he was, sense. He was given. So there you go. A very crafty Rob Hess with another edition of Can Kevin Guzzi. Impressive. I'm glad I didn't get it. Why? I have no idea. Just keep it moving. Okay. Well, uh, that actually wraps up the show. Uh, Fourth quarter is done. Uh, We will be back next week to break down a Wolves team that hopefully only still has the one loss on their record with some good games coming up, Uh, good music, good guests. Uh, Y. Kalik, again, thanks for joining us in the studio. Until next week, let me get a howl. 
Come back here again Cause she's far, far 